It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone An actor out on loan Riders on the storm And the music was good and the music was is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. Folks, these things matter indeed, and we are here to celebrate a Tuesday, a beautiful Tuesday, with a hell of a show for you. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. Welcome all baddies out there. All baddies are a little bit more confident, a little bit more willing to be free and willing to be themselves. Thank you, Chris Evans. My new favorite sound drop of all time is Chris Evans calling us amazing. I think, you know, I, I, you know, are we more confident? Who knows? Fake it till you make it, right? Uh, how's everybody's Tuesday going so far? I hope the start of the week has been not as brutal um, as I, so today's Monday, right? I'm recording this around 5.15 p.m. And uh, I got to tell, man, I worked out with the trainer again. It's like, now I'm going to keep talking about the trainer until I'm, I'm ripped or I quit, which could like either of those I expect to happen in a week. But like I was, like, if you listen to the show yesterday, I was like super nervous. So I went in there and I was like, and then his client before was this actress that's on the new um, Pretty Little Liars on HBO Max. Have you guys seen the previews for that? And she was all like fucking like modeling and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I, then I had to, I was like, hey, is it weird to like, you know, have somebody super out of shape and uggo like that. And then, you know, knowing that I'm right around the corner, you know, like a perfect specimen of a man. And he just laughed. And then he was like, okay, get down on your knees and, you know, do your little hip exercises. Oh my God. Opening my hips. You guys do you deal. Oh, it's hard. Today is a huge show. Um, we have the one and only Shep Rose from Southern charm. I don't know if you guys have heard, he's been in the news a little bit. 
<laughs> just a just a teens. We're gonna start with that interview. But remember, this is the first time uh, with us, or you're here just to hear Shep. Use the timestamps, guys. If you don't want to hear that amazing mashup of rock and roll, uh, we don't always do rock and roll. But sometimes you gotta do rock and roll. You gotta. You, I, I want rock and roll to survive as a genre. So you gotta celebrate. Sometimes, and I was then I was kind of also trying to impress Shep if he's listening. He's like, oh my god, look how cool that that mashup is. Like I was trying to. I don't know. Anywho, I don't know if it worked. But yeah, Shep is here. Uh, I'll tell you the surrounding circumstances of this interview in a second. We're going to do a couple news stories before we get to that. So we'll have Shep and then we'll come back. And by the way, the Shep interview will be on YouTube and the Southern Charm recap will be on YouTube. But this part, this is just us. This is just for the podcast. This is just us messing around, being cool guys and girls, you know? So we've got a couple news stories that I want to hit you with immediately. Um, uh, also, before I forget, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help. I really appreciate it, and it's free to do. Uh, if you want to spend a couple bucks, if you're like, I got this, this $5 a month is burning a hole in my pocket, go on over to the Patreon. All seven episodes of Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 are recapped there. You can hit them all seven in a row. You don't even need to get Peacock, because I feel like I've described the show in such minute detail I think if you even got if you landed in Bluestone Manor right now through these recaps, you would be able to uh, legitimately make a blueprint of her entire house. That's how detailed these <laughs> recaps are. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to some news. We got some. So the Britney Spears obviously is is just going to be dealing with so much shit. I feel like for the rest of her life. Now here's a little bit of a positive news if you like her music, which I think a lot of us do. So this is a, uh, I don't know if it's rumor, if it's true, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but this could make sense on so many levels. Uh, so I'm reading from this um, gossip site uh, from John Pascarella that I get sent on a daily basis, and I've been following this dude for years and years, love him. And it says, Britney Spears is making her much anticipated comeback by secretly recording a duet with Elton John of his song, Tiny Dancer. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Page Six has exclusively learned. The pop star 40 quietly met with John 75 at a Beverly Hills recording studio last week to cut a new take on his beloved 1971 classic. The track is set to be released by Universal Music next month, sources tell us. Quote, this was Elton's idea and Britney is a huge fan. They have recorded a remix of Tiny Dancer as a full duet and it is incredible. One music industry insider shares. I love it. Like, you know, do you ever hear these? Like, it's about, it's it's average. It's not good. Like, you're always like, it's amazing. Uh, quote, Britney was in the studio in Beverly Hills last week with Elton for the super secret recording session overseen by Uber producer Andrew Watt. So this is exciting and it's plausible for so many reasons. Now, if it's completely fake, it's it's a good fake rumor because it's plausible because we do know Elton John has re-recorded some of his classics with big pop artists. I mean, you, Dua Lipa, the cold, cold heart I've done by you, <laughs> something left better, baby, Diet Coke. I remember Elton John just in the 90s from those Diet Coke commercials, Diet Coke. Shout out if you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, Dua Lipa. And, and I, I talked about this like months ago. But if you ever go to Spotify, one of my favorite functions they have is they'll tell you how many streams a song will have. And I went off on this because I went to Elton John for some reason to play that song, actually, because I dig it. And do you know that Cold Heart, the not his original, you know, you know, 80s version of that song, but the one with Dua Lipa. 
is his highest streaming song of all time. Can you believe that? Elton fucking John. One of the biggest musicians I feel like in the world, but it just scares me because you're like, okay, we do need him to like team up with Britney Spears and Dua Lipa so people can like get like hip to his music. Billy Joel, where are you? Billy Joel, I need you to team up with Post Malone or somebody. We need, I need an Allentown with a a Post Malone vibe or like a Bieber doing Uptown Girl. Come on. Where, put me in music. I'm so imaginative. Um, so he's got a billion streams on this and it's his only song with a billion streams on Spotify. And that's the Dua Lipa track. Can you imagine that? You know, like uh, so many of his songs are just so historical, but you know, it's these young artists like Harry Styles, like billions of streams, every song he has, but even like these dance artists, like billions of streams just out of nowhere, just out of nowhere. And then it upsets me because then I was going back and like Beyonce, by the way, I didn't get to mention this yesterday. Her new album, Renaissance, comes out on Flippin' Friday. We are in a Bainazance. Is that a, a, Bain, a Beyonce-azance? A, a Yonce-azance? Well, anyways, her album comes out on Friday and I'm so damn excited. You guys know how much I love Beyonce and I can't believe I forgot to talk about it on the Pop Culture Roundup yesterday, but it comes out. But then I went to her because the Break My Soul was the first uh, track from that. And there's not been a video released, but oh, sorry, Break My Soul. <laughs> Um, break my soul. And this is what upset me about that. So I go to Beyonce's to look at the streams. So Beyonce of break my soul only has 79 million streams of that song. And you're like, that sounds pretty big, but it's not when you compare it to other artists. So if you look at Harry Styles, uh, let me get to him right now. Okay. So like Harry Styles, as it was, is nearing a billion streams. Late Night Talking from his new album is a 216 million streams, and that just got released as an official single. Watermelon Sugar is close to 2 billion uh, streams. Music for a Sushi Restaurant, 129 million, and Matilda, 130 million. Those are all from his new album. And that's what shocks me is that, like, Beyonce's only got 78 million, and she's Beyonce! Have I completely lost the plot? Does the music that I desperately love and these people that I've grown up loving and that have inspired me, like, do, are they, do they, do we... Uh, we've got to take a stand. We need to stream these people. And I love that. I'm like, Beyonce needs money. Oh man, I've got to calm down. This is not good for my heart. My trainer is going to be like, man, you, that's why, cause I'm so yoked now from lifting weights. You guys, I'm just, it's, it's just cool. What if I'm juicing? What if it's not even through my trainer, but I'm looking on the the black market for like human growth hormones so I can impress my trainer. <laughs> Look how good I'm doing, dude. You know what I'm telling you? I have mostly friends that are girls and girls in my life. So when I get around a guy, like I do, like it's even with Shep interview today. I'm like, hey, because I'm I'm just not good at being a bro. And I think sometimes I want to be a bro so bad. And I just don't know if I have it in me. So um, I do want to baddie nation. So bad it's good nation. We have a Facebook group, by the way. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Come join us. Uh, We are slow but steady. But it's a great, great group of uh, people in there and I wanted to give a special shout out because I thought this was just so cool um and we got to celebrate the things you know we got to celebrate things in life and I'm not talking about Tristan Thompson but one of our baddies Rebecca Sewell um there's a new baddie alert because Hunter her son was born on Friday and she says I'm gonna need as much of Uncle Ryan in my ear as possible uh the podcast as specifically Ryan helps postpartum and makes you feel less alone thank you for all your hard work Rebecca thank you for the gift of Hunter this baby is beautiful you guys she put a picture up on the um 
the, the, the Facebook. And I just thought that was so cool. So well done, Rebecca. You did it. And I'm glad you made it on the other side. And I hope my rant about Elton John and Beyonce just really <laughs> cured you of all that ails you. But Hunter, this is amazing. Like, I like, uh, I love the name Hunter. I think, wait. Is Hunter a boy? No, it's a blue and gray blanket, so it is a boy. I I just got scared. I was like, is Hunter a girl? Because, you know, like, you never know with names now. And, oh, no, did I just screw up? She she didn't specify, but it's got to be because the blanket says Hunter all over it, and it's a gray and blue blanket. Damn it! How did I Ryan Bailey this birthday celebration into something that's like, what is... Uh, anywho. Okay, so this is breaking news, you guys. Uh, this just happened. This is wild. Um, so Erica Jane, you know, the, the, the lady that recommended laxatives to, uh, to Crystal this past week's episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, got served um, in baggage claim at Los Angeles International Airport. Coming back from Hawaii with Lisa Rinna, they were staying at Diana Jenkins' place in Hawaii. Remember, she's rich. So Erica's like, yeah, I gotta keep all my rich friends. Yeah. And her, Lisa Rinna, and Diana were on a vacation, I guess, off-season. And Page Six has the exclusive. And she was served. Um, oh, actually, sorry. This this just It was served Friday night, but we just got the video today. And these are exclusive picks obtained by Page Six. You can find them on my Instagram page. And uh, a rep for Erica Jane did not immediately respond to Page Six's request for comment. And you could tell Lisa Renna the moment she realized she was getting served. She's like, I'm out of here. I'm only friends when you don't get served in public. And Erica was like, eh, what the fuck? What's going on, you guys? Uh, I do want to congratulate Lisa. She was wearing a mask at the airport. That is just good. That's that's, you know, she cares about people's health. Um, and then she angrily walks off to with Lisa Rinna. So this was the $50 million lawsuit I believe she was served with. I, I, I We talked about this with Ronald Richards a couple weeks ago. There are some wild things going on, even more that I'm going to talk about later this week, probably on Friday's episode with Beverly Hills, about some new allegations coming out where Erica is directly involved. So this is part of, like I've been saying now forever, this is a very long long process. Now, I got to tell you, though, when you get served with papers, if Erica loves laxatives, this is potentially the most natural laxative you're going to get. she would be like, oh, shit, I got I to gotta take a poo. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, it listen i and i read some uh, some people like felt bad for her and this is but listen this is how people get served papers do you guys remember at um that cinemacon earlier this year when olivia wilde got served papers during her presentation for her movie that she directed with Fl- florence um pugue and uh harry styles olivia wilde jason sudeikis served her with papers because they used to be married and they have kids together and now she's with harry styles but Jason Sudeikis served her at, at, and these things are really intense because you do have to get the element of surprise if these people are ducking you. And Erica Jane is somebody that has ducked a lot of papers being served over these last couple of years. So they got her, but it, it's weird. She has her big Gucci bag, her name brands out. She just got a luxury vacation in Hawaii. Thanks to Diana Jenkins. You can come stay with me in Hawaii. Um, I got to tell you, though, the Lisa, Erica, and Diana Jenkins friendship is very interesting to me because 
The public doesn't seem to really be taking to Diana Jenkins, but Erica and Rinna take to Diana Jenkins, which is very interesting because, you know, they are attracted to wealth. That does, I mean, you guys can't argue with me on that, right? You can have your favorites and your feelings and all that stuff, but you've got to admit they are two people that seem to genuinely enjoy money and people that stupidly spend it around them. You know, I mean, that's just it. So we'll have more information about that throughout the week. And of course, Friday, we do our big jam band spectacular Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But we want to get into our guest right now. And I've been excited to talk to this guy for years now. And here's the deal. I talked to him this past Wednesday and Wednesday or Thursday. And we talked and literally a couple hours after we talked, news broke that him and Taylor from Southern Charm split up. And if you go, if you listen to the interview with that knowledge, because I did not have that knowledge, nor had I watched this past week's episode yet because it had not come out yet. I believe this was Thursday day or Wednesday day. So the episode hadn't come out and I did not get provided with an episode of this. So I'd only seen the previous seven episodes of this season. And I almost, I was like, okay, this makes sense now because he kind of dodged a couple Taylor things. And I try to make it like the best, funnest interview experience for not only him, but for myself. And I was genuinely excited to ask Shep to do mushrooms with me and like what he's reading, what he's like. I, I really genuinely, I've read his book now and I've listened to it as well. And I, I, there are elements of Shep that I just love. I think the dude has like, I, I don't know, you could tell where a lot of people are attracted to this dude. Um, but yeah, the Taylor thing makes me sad. I don't know Taylor personally, so of course I can't um, jump in with a lot of knowledge about him or their relationship other than what we've seen. But regardless, you know, I think this is a really fun interview, but you can tell the moments when he, he just seemed fun. And if you go watch the video on YouTube, you can tell like he's just down. Also, there's a lightning storm happening at his house in uh, Charleston while this whole thing is being recorded. And I heard a lightning strike that scared the bejesus out of both of us. Um, but I did DM with Shep a little bit after the news broke. And I just said, yo, dude, if I had known, I would not have asked any questions about Taylor. I just don't push people like that, nor do I think that this is the show for that. You can get that so many other places. And he was like, Dude, I totally get, you know, we brought out a little bit over DM, but I, I don't know much more information about what happened. I hope I get to talk to Shep again. Um, I'm really curious what the rest of the season holds. Um, but, you know, I, I just felt so bad that it happened that day. And I was bummed that I didn't get the exclusive, even though it's probably better because uh, he was not really talking about things. So uh, this is my interview with Shep Rose. Um, also, his book, which I talk about, is great. You should go pick it up. I think it's way better than Craig's book. <laughs> I'm joking, but I would seriously buy a pillow off Shep uh, way before I would Craig. I'm joking. Actually, they talk about that. They are really buddies. In fact, the, the day we talked, he had just hung out with Craig the night before. And that's what I think these shows really work because you can tell there are real relationships involved. And that's why I think we kind of even notice that things when you're annoyed with your friends, we see that in these shows where we're like, oh yeah, I know what it's like to kind of not love 
how your friend's treating you or such and such or treating women or treating dudes. Um, but I think he still is an endlessly fascinating dude. Uh, he will be at BravoCon. And I mean, watch out, ladies. This guy is going to be single and ready to mingle potentially, even though I'm going to um, co-opt that and just try to do mushrooms with him the entire BravoCon. And I'm sure if Bravo's listening, they're not loving that I keep saying mushrooms, which just so you guys know, it's something you cook with. It's a, uh, you can throw it into spaghetti, eat it in salads. It's all good. Not Nothing, I'm not talking about the magic mushrooms, just the regular mushrooms. I'm going to stop talking about mushrooms just in case my parents listen to this one in particular. Uh, remember, right after this, we'll do a commercial break and then we'll go right into my Southern Charm recap, solo recap, that I've been recapping each one of these episodes, which will also be on YouTube as well. But it's one of my favorite shows to recap. Um, so I hope you'll stay around for that as well. If you're listening for the first time, hi, don't be scared. It's okay. Stay a while. Uh, you can use the timestamps next time just to skip right to Shep or to the solo recap. So ladies and gentlemen, somebody that I've been looking forward to talking to for so long, uh, here he is, the star of Southern Charm, Shep Rose. <laughs> Welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today we've had a guest that I've wanted to speak to for so long. I'm going to have to ask about the show, but really I just want to hang out with him, party with him, know his philosophies about life. He's a raconteur, a bon vivant, a humorist, a ladies' man, an author, a son, a boyfriend, a jam band musician, and star of the hit Bravo reality show Southern Charm, celebrating its eighth season and 100 episodes. Shep Rose, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I am not a jam band musician. I'm a jam band. I'm a jam band musician enthusiast. I okay, cannot, you, I, I cannot you play said, in your In your book, you said, weren't you like a part of a Grateful Dead jam band? Oh, when you were oh I was the lead singer of a Grateful yes. Dead cover band in high school. And we played, China, we played China Cat Sunflower into I Know You Rider. <laughs> it was a 40 minute version. And it yeah, was, it was, they still yeah. talk about it. Um, by the way, I'm wearing you guys, my Craig is my lawyer shirt, my Shep gear. I've had this now for like four or five years. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to bust this out to really creep out Shep on the interview today. No, that's awesome, man. You know, that shirt has a funny origin. Um, my, um, cousin married a girl from Chile and, uh, we went down to Chile, uh, on the coast of Chile. It was amazing. And went to the wedding. And I was, uh, I, I was at this restaurant and this guy passed by with a similar shirt. And I was like, that's cool looking. And I go, you mind if I take a picture with you? So where whoever you are in, in the coast of Chile, I stole your idea and I apologize. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I just reread your book, actually, uh, Average Expectations, Lowering the Bar, which you guys, I still recommend. It's way better than Craig's book. I'm just going to get that ah. out there right now. Just, I mean, we all know it. It's way better. It's on audiobook as well. But I love, you know, I, I, I love the impression that you even talk about with reality shows is that that wasn't even nowhere on your horizon or agenda or even a want or a need. You were working over in Dubai at a time. Why did your mind change? And when did you think it started to be cool for you? Um, well, I, uh, <clears throat> I came back from, I, I went to business school and I, and in between my first and second year of business school, you, I was lucky enough to get an internship in Dubai. This was uh, 2000, uh, the summer of 2008. So um, had a ball and got an offer to come back, a very nice, generous offer. And I was going to be an international businessman. I was yeah. going to live in Dubai and travel around the world and, and look at uh, resorts to maybe purchase with all the um, oil money from uh, UAE. And um, 
So fast forward a, a month and a half, September 2008, as you know, was a major crash in yeah. the market. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, there was no more jobs there. Nobody was answering the phone uh, anymore. And I had to think on my feet. And I, um, I, I tried a few different things. It was pretty humbling. I was living at home. I was 30 years old. And I yeah, I had a degree, a couple degrees, and I and and there was nothing going on. So it kind of happened at the right time. I met Whitney at a rooftop party, and he said, and he was, I mean, it's a credit to Whitney because he's he's really smart guy and, and well traveled and well read, and he so it wasn't like a a, a um, what I'd normally associate with reality TV, like yeah. A, yeah, yeah a TV exec, like a smarmy TV exec trying to like, <laughs> uh, get me excited. So yeah. he was actually smart and, 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 um, and, and interesting. And so he kind of sold me on it now. Uh, and I, I do love the Whitney that we see on TV is probably not the real Whitney in terms of like, I mean, the dude's kind of a businessman. He produces your show. Like yeah. I like that. He's kind of in the Butler role. Have you watched uh, every episode? Do you even bother anymore does it upset you when you i mean you're focusing on the taylor relationship this season or they are um yeah. is that is that just part of what goes along with this or are you like man this is my actual life i don't want to risk anything i think our, i think this this uh episode most recent one is our 100th episode so yeah. um i will say i've watched probably 90 out of 100, which isn't bad. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll just miss it. I'll be busy. I'll be somewhere. Um, I try, I, and sometimes, a lot of the times, I'll ask friends uh, or castmates, hey, how was it? Should I watch it? Should I not? <laughs> how because bad we, was it? Yeah. Yeah, we get it a few days ahead of time. So um, you maybe to do some damage control, even though there's really nothing you can do. I mean, it, the, the, uh, the die is cast, so to speak. Um, yeah, no, it's really interesting. And, and it like your storyline, which a lot of people keep talking about with the Taylor situation, I'm assuming you guys are still together and all that stuff, but you're very open. It is interesting to see you kind of, and you questioned this in the book too, about like marriage and fatherhood. And you've come from a family that has never had divorce in it. And you're very much like, I do not want to be the first one of that. Yeah. You also talk about in the book of like comparing, not comparing yourself, but bringing up like George Clooney and people like that, of which yeah. way. I mean, are you softening as you uh, grow older? And do you even know if you're going to know when it's the right time to settle down? Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to people about that recently. Um, you know, for for a while in my late 20s and, and early 30s, like I was in, not only was I mentally not in a position to, to make that step, I, I wouldn't know how to like provide. I mean, you know, I was a vagabond, you know, like I wasn't. Yeah. And, how, and a happy, you seem very happy with traveling, exploring, and oh kind of God. just making your own way. I think this life is a grand experiment. And um, I'm really, really lucky to be able to do some of the things that I've done. And I, uh, and you know, marriage and a kid sound a little uh, like a sedentary change, sudden and sedentary change. And yeah, of course, that makes me nervous and gives me pause. But I think... Um, I don't know. I think having major shifts in your life can be totally rewarding and totally terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yes, it's, no, each episode, I'm like, oh, my God, is this like what's what's happening is like we, we, it could go any way, even though I think you guys seem really strong. I think the audience is like, wow, you really stick to your guns of like, I'm not uh, at this point budging. So I always find yeah. that. 
definitely felt like the crosshairs were on us uh, this past season. And it's, it's, I mean, it's tough, you know, it's tough yeah. enough to have a relationship that uh, a million plus or a million and a half. We, everybody are. comments on it. Like, you have to hear. Yeah. Like, that's a, if you're on Twitter, people are like, oh, come on, man, you got to settle down. Like, what is that like to have so many voices in your ear besides your family, besides your friends? Are you able eight seasons later to tune all of that out? I'm like a huge fan of your Twitter account and you go, uh, you know, political. I mean, yeah. all of your interests are out there, but I m- find it interesting if people try to come at you with what they think you should do with your life. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, adroit at at at, at, um, <laughs> at tuning out voices that mean. I'm I'm sorry. I, I appreciate your interest, but you, <laughs> your opinion means nothing. To me. <laughs> you think you know me, and you probably do know a very good chunk of me. And if you, especially if you read the book and what been watching. But like, you don't know, you know, and, and nobody really, and that funny thing is, is nobody really knows anybody. I mean, yeah, your family or whatever, but especially in relationships. And I always say the relationships that look the smoothest, there's probably, you know, bodies buried underneath the house kind of, you know, that, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's right. I mean, you know, doing this in the early days for like you and Craig, and I mean, I guess Austin joined later, but was it like this? I mean, I don't want to like, was it kind of like this Rat Pack where all of a sudden you had a lot of attention, a lot of options in terms of women kind of throwing themselves at you? I mean, the heyday of this, you must have had some really wild times. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I tasted the fruits and um, I had a lot of fun. Um, it's not, I had, a. by the way, life was good before this show. I mean, I was, you know, all over the place and having a good time. Um but yeah, I mean, Austin and Craig, um, they listen to the chatter a little more. I think they're both off Twitter because it can get so nasty and, and good for them. I like I like the platform to be able. Oh, man. Did you hear that? Is that thunder? Yeah, that was lightning right off. The oh, my God. House. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wait, by the way, is this the kitchen where the smelly tuna was? Uh, yeah. Two weeks? Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad you threw that out. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> um. So I. I'm pretty good at at, um, tuning it out, but yeah, it was pretty heady in the beginning, but you find out it's pretty empty too. I mean, most girls that may be interested in me because I'm on a TV show, um, not sure I want to go down that path. Uh, Taylor admits that she kind of knew, but she didn't watch. I've never got the feeling that she was all that impressed with the whole thing, honestly, (laughs) Um, which is exactly how it should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, Austin and Craig, they are, I guess they're having a speed bump in their relationship. And Austin seems like he's very sad every episode about the, <laughs> the dissipation of his relationship with Craig. Um, you have had bumps in your relationship with Craig. Uh, people want to know where are you guys now? Are you making more of an effort to visit his pillow store more? Uh, are you, and what do you think of him and Paige? Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, Craig can take something small and, and blow it up. That's sort of his MO. And um, I, I don't really go, I don't really go shopping in retail stores down King Street uh, typically. And, but since that, since then I've, I support Craig and Austin a hundred percent and uh, they support me too, but I, 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 I make sure I do posts uh, about their yeah. endeavors and, and I'm happy to do so because um, this life is long and you're going to need all the support and financial, um, you know, windfalls yeah. that you can possibly get. So, and as far as he and Paige, I'm very happy for them. I mean, listen, Craig and I, 
uh, worked out last night at 6 p.m. And um, we, we had a beer afterwards. We, we've been seeing a lot more of each other. He's been really present. I think it's I think sometimes the show can be a real mirror to yourself, good, bad or ugly. And I think that us holding his feet to the fire at the beginning of the season uh, really worked. And, and he's been really good since then. So the show can be interesting. Sometimes it can be like a therapist on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was at Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval's new bar last night. Nice. I'm completely, I'm completely hung over right now. Uh, in the book, you say you do not get hangovers. Is that a lie? I'm really praying that's a lie. Is that, is that still true? It wasn't a lie for a long, long time. I, I, I open my eyes, put on clothes, and I'm ready to go again. But it's oh. getting harder and harder. Okay, good. I agree. But why? I love that you're like me and Craig worked out, but then we got a beer. Like Here's that's the problem. wild. Here's, I, I can do one night, no problem. But yeah. if I go two nights or even three, you can cancel that next day. Just forget about it. Don't call me. I don't want to hear from anybody. I'm <laughs> radio silent. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just, as a personal, like, I love, uh, the John Irving book, a prayer for Owen meaning. I think you do oh, too. Uh, yeah. what books are you reading right now? Or what books have meant something to you in your life? I know this is supposed to be about Southern charm, but I'm kind of just interested in like what you're listening to, what you're reading. You were just talking about f- seeing Fleabag for the first time yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. what is, what is getting, um, we own this things. city that we own this city. Have you watched that on HBO? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that's really it's the same up. people did the, the wire. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my oh, God! Shnikes. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that was right there, man. That was right there. Oh, that was <laughs> this, the hair on my this neck. is huge. This is huge for the show, you guys. If we were experiencing uh, real weather, <laughs> <laughs> um, making sense with um, Sam Harris. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. No, I have not, but I know what you're talking about. He is so insightful. One of the brightest guys out there. He doesn't kowtow to the right or the left. He's just a really sensible guy. So I listen to him a ton. Um, As far as books, I mean, The Lonesome Dove was the best fiction book I've ever read. Um, As far as nonfiction, all David Foster Wallace is um, not short stories, his nonfiction short stories. Um, whether it's him on a cruise ship, a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again, or him at a, at a county fair. I love that. I love every single rock and roll biography I can get my hand on. Yeah. Oh my God. Did, I'm I reading the... Keith Richards for the third time right now. Um, did you ever, one. did you ever read like Motley Cruz one, The Dirt? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Isn't no. that insane? Forget about The Dirt, which is their original one. I was in New York and had a hellacious weekend of fun. And um, I go to the airport at JFK and I'm, you know, like one eye open, like, just get me home. And there's a, a book, it's called The Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 it made me feel so much better about myself. I was like, I could breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> um, your book, I, I mean, would you consider doing a travel book? You put some of your travel diaries in there, but it seems like you really do have a lot of opinions about how this world should work, uh, where you should go, live life to its fullest. I mean, yeah. you talk about a podcast. I mean, like what? I feel like you. There's something more uh, with you at the center of it that there, there could be. Are you exploring any of those options? Yeah, and honestly, I, you know, I'm. Uh, not going to like, I'm not sour grapes at all, but uh, Taylor and I went to Europe for uh, a few weeks, her first time and my, and I, you know, I hadn't been in a yeah. little while. And uh, I, I wrote a, a page proposal to uh, my editors or sorry, my publisher. And 
Yeah. And, um, and my literary agent and they were like, that sounds awesome. However, and unfortunately my book was released during quarantine. So I couldn't, I couldn't tour. I couldn't sell, yeah. it, you know, I just had to like do a, a, as many posts as I could. So it's just a numbers game with them. They were like, yeah, I mean, you, you did okay. You sold X amount, but for us to give you the the advancement to write another one, uh, it's just not there. And I was like, oh, I, and I I threatened to write it anyway. And, and of yeah, course- I mean, by the way, you should, and it would also be interesting, even just from like Taylor's brand new perspective of seeing the world. I was you having have more experience write, in that. I was going to have her insert uh, her opinions and stuff too. I thought it was a good idea, but that uh, we'll see, man. I'm going to continue yeah, yeah. to write. I love writing. I like writing dialogue. I like writing. Um, I've worked on some pilots uh, that I've been trying to develop. So uh, you haven't heard the last of my- No, um, no, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. You seem like you really truly appreciate like comedy. Uh, you know, like I was looking at that George Carlin bit that you had put on Twitter, which I, did yeah. you watch that HBO documentary on Carlin? Yeah, I did. That, I it was did. so good. I know. Um, uh, you know what though? I, I didn't know how he was ridiculed sort of in the middle of his career. Like he got kind of- like play on words and everybody was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they enough. were making fun of him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sketches about him. I remember the SCTV that they were making fun of him. Yeah. Rick yeah, Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, back to the show. Um, what is your relationship with Catherine? She has been there since the beginning. And, you know, it seems like you and Craig, especially have such a soft spot for her and she's gone through so much uh, on the show. Is she somebody that is in your life? Uh, you know, when the show is not around, if she, if I see her, it's hugs. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's catch up. But um, I wish I could say that we were like met for lunch on a regular basis, but we don't. And the same goes with, unfortunately, Cameron, too, who's who's got her little uh, daughter. And I just never see her. We talk on the phone sometimes. But um, yeah, it just yeah, I, I see the boys uh, more often. What about Danny? Ever never see her anymore either. So um, this town can be small uh, or feel small. And then, but like, if you're on a certain side of town and you don't venture out much, you'll, you won't see the, the same people. Yeah. Uh, is there ever a part of you that would ever leave uh, your town that you're in? I mean, it feels like you were kind of a, a king there and all of you guys feel like, you know, like you're almost like gods in this town. I feel in some ways, is there any part of you that thinks this is, you know, I need to push on? Yeah. I mean, I, I would always want to have a presence here in some way, shape, but um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a nomad. Like, like we talked about, I, I I've never lived anywhere longer than, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And uh, I've been here now 10 years. Um, I, I'm not saying, I still love, the, the, the true test of a good place is you love coming home from a vacation. Like I really, truly enjoy landing and getting to my house. And I've got these great restaurants around me that I know all the bartenders and all the owners and stuff and everybody's so good. So I, I could stray for a little bit, but I, I would always want to have a home base here. Um, does big Craig know that little Craig is the number one Craig <laughs> is I, it's so weird. He, he hasn't taken to it as much as I would if, if he got a dog named little chef <laughs> and see, I would, I would like request to look <laughs> after him and stuff, but uh, it seems like it's easy to get his goat. Like you can get at him really quickly. Yeah. Like, it, did I you see? He, he can do the same to me, but, uh, so we, we know each other quite well. 
Um, did you see the scene between him and Naomi? And I thought it was really kind of telling of, uh, I think it was at uh, Naomi's party and he was talking to her and he was like, I, you know, I'm just sad. You're not, you, you know, I think you'd really like the guy that I am now. And I found that so kind of really deep and very, you know, because Craig always seems like he's been trying to prove himself on this show to multiple people, to you, to Naomi. And I thought it was such an interesting line. And then she was like, stop chewing your ice. And I thought that was hysterical. Uh-huh. Uh, do you ever uh-huh. watch those and go like, wow, I'm, proud of Craig and how much when we when we got on his case we were like look it's good to see that you're doing well but you can't cut yourself off from people and use that as an excuse that the the real uh, measure I think well a a large measure of success is is being able to balance your friendships and your your business relationships or what have you and I mean he and Austin are so tied together they're like tied up in knots together they can't get rid of one another you know yeah (laughs) did you uh did you happen to speaking of uh, lightning and thunder? Did you see the storm that Austin brought to Summer House last season? Did you even? I'm, also, watch... I'm aware of it. I'm aware. Did you of watch it. that? Ma- like, he created a huge mass chap. Like he was uh, romantically involved with multiple cast members, and truly, I had to start a petition to get Shep off the show with Change.org. Oh, no, sorry to get uh, Austin off the show with Change.org. He really. I mean, do you laugh at sometimes the situations that he seems to get himself into? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is he uh, he was on the fence about doing it. Um, and he was like, I was like, dude, it's, you know, it's 16 days. Like, just go have fun. But I mean, it's it, to me, it would be very difficult to do. You you wake up and they crack open a beer, which doesn't sound that bad. But I can't do that 16 days in a row. And you can't really go anywhere. And the cameras are always around. I. I would just kind of lose my mind. So I like cabin fever, but um, it was, it sucked for him because he can sometimes try to fight back online and then, and then it gets personal and his sister tried to defend him. It was really ugly. And then, so, and then I would do a post with he and I uh, on my Instagram and I couldn't erase the nasty comments fast enough, which is, I mean, God, people are so effed up, man. What a weird world. But isn't this, but it's kind of like reality shows have turned into like pro wrestling where it's like Hulk Hogan and all those guys where it's like you guys, and I know you're a very real person, but we look at you as characters and we get to see this small thing. So in like the public consciousness, if you go into like you cheated on our favorite character, then that whole weight goes off on you just like a pro, like, you know, when Hulk Hogan turned bad, you know? Yeah, it feels that way. And so you're just like, okay, I'm the villain. (laughs) Okay, here it comes. And you try to be as graceful as you can and not be like, let me tell your brother about this. <laughs> uh, Bill you Murray. Know, had the it. new world order is coming for you. <laughs> By the way, that would be great if Austin leaned into it. It was like, I'm your villain, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you watched on A&E? They have like WWE, um, like biographies. And like, I don't, I used to love it when I was 10 and 12 years old. Yeah. But I've been watching it and it's enthralling because these people's lives are so crazy. You need to check it out on A&E, oh. the, the WWE superstars biography. Well, that's like the business behind that stuff of like oh, trying yeah. to get that the off the ground, thing. like Vince McMahon. And then the, like, these guys were like modern day actors, you know, yeah. like, um, I would be remiss if I didn't get to ask you. Uh, we had a big marriage over the weekend, and I really do love your celebrity takes. Also, this ties into relationships. Ben Affleck and J-Lo tied the knot after 20 years, uh, their first time they were going to tie the knot, and then 20 years has passed. I do like your take on celebrity culture. Do you have any feelings about this? And also, it's like a relationship. Like, this almost, you know, this is a dude in his 50s that has now settled down again with J-Lo. 
I got mixed emotions about it. I mean, the, it wasn't like Ben Affleck sort of um, fashioning himself as like a really smart guy. He like won poker tournaments and he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote, he wrote Goodwill Hunting and, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. you know, like produced an Argo and all this stuff. So he would, and now he's with like, uh, what, like four, uh, four-time divorced pop singer who <laughs> I, I don't think anybody thinks is like, um, you know, have any really deep insights, but I could be wrong. This uh, is a hot take. This is a hot take. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, so it's kind of weird. It just makes you think like, what do they talk about? <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I mean. Like, and so much money's involved. It's like the same thing about, like, I always think about the Kardashians now are such a brand and a business rather than actually real people where I'm like, that would be so like Bill Murray has that quote that I know you probably know of like, People are like, what's it like to be rich and famous? And he's like, uh, it'd be just great. He goes, it, it'd be great to just be rich. You know, famous is so good sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. wouldn't it be horrible to have all anonymity gone? You know, um, rich sounds good. Better than better than being poor and famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, sound like that's fun. Are you looking forward to going to BravoCon in October? People want to know. Yeah, yeah, of course I am. Um, that was such a cool experience the first time around. We didn't know what to expect. And. Uh, because of you got these the internet trolls and and they seem so prevalent sometimes and so loud. I mean, the loudest, you know, the squeakiest wheel gets all the attention, kind of thing. And um, so we didn't know what to expect because we knew that these were rabid fans, of course, and we didn't know how rabid they were. And it turns out they were benign, benign rabid fans, and they were so happy to see us. <laughs> And we felt all the love and they chased us down the street. Like we were the Beatles days night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I can't think of a better sort of affirmation of what we're trying to do um, by putting our lives on TV, which is um, distracting, entertaining people who need it and want it. And yeah. so entertainment in all its forms I, I've learned over the years is, uh, you know, I might have been snobby before about it, but um, now I just think, hey, if, if it gives someone joy, what the hell is wrong with that? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, lean in. The world's so tough right now that these are like I always say that with pop culture, it's like this is the stuff we love. It love it with all your heart. You know, like life is hard out there. Um, I got a couple more minutes with you. Is there one scene that you you could cut out that like your parents were pissed about? Is there one thing of like going back in a hundred episodes, like this one? I just want out. I want excise from the. I want to do a, a James Cameron director's cut and just take this out. Yeah. Um. There's there's a there's much more that I wish were in. I'll say that <laughs> the, the stuff that got cut. Um, that that that's a, that's crazy. Um, I mean, we're sitting on like a whole nother season of Southern Charm if we just got unedited scenes that didn't make the show, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I would say there was a scene uh, with Cameron where we were cooking, and I was shit faced, <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't think anybody picked up on it. And uh, I'm glad. Uh, don't go back looking for it because <laughs> I was just like, oh my god! And, and you know, Cameron was like, you're out of your mind. I was like, yes, yes, I am. But I think I got away with that one. And um, most of my interactions with Madison, I wish I could just erase. <laughs> oh my god, Madison! Yeah, I mean, like you guys were really like supposedly at each other, but you guys are great now. I mean, oh, not yeah. great. You're just yeah. fine. No, 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 no. I, we, we hugs and, and have a nice day and night and stuff like that. It's all good. 
I mean, do you do any of that BS where you're all on the same text chain, like the night of the show airs or is it it's like, dude, used to, don't do that. Used to be not anymore. I mean, you know, the, the, um, it's not as novel as it once was and it's not as exciting. And I mean, even my family and friends, they're like, congratulations on your new season. Let us know how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Here is a, uh, this is a literary question. Um, Mary Shag Kill, Mary Oliver, Louisa May Alcott, and Sylvia Plath. <laughs> um, I only know Sylvia Plath out of that. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, a Mary Oliver poet, Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women. Oh, yeah, no fucking way I read <laughs> Little Women. I mean, come on. I mean, Cormac <laughs> McCarthy and guys like that and Don Irving and... Uh, I guess who who were at Bonfire of the Vanities and oh um, Tom Wolf yeah yeah Tom yeah. Wolf and I and uh, some of those guys and East of Eden I'm I'm drawing a blank. oh Steinbeck yeah 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 totally yeah yeah exactly that's what I like that's what I I really dig like you always seem to like I love reading it's like a lost art and like yeah. you know I'm like oh shit this dude likes the same stuff that I push on people which is really really cool, cool. um okay so uh the show you guys southern charm of course we recap here every week on the show this was very exciting for all of us thank you so much for your time uh finally would you do mushrooms with me someday would you yeah yes okay this is this is legal this holds up in court um and what else can we expect from southern charm this season first we'll we'll start off microdosing and then we'll just sort of slowly take it from there that's the new move (laughs) That's that's the move, yeah. What uh, can you tease anything about uh, the rest of the season for Southern Charm? Yeah, there's um, there's a romance that's gonna rock everybody's world. Um, and does it involve you? No, nope. Um, but you are going, you're gonna say, "Oh my God, Shep was right." So I, that's all I can say. Ah, okay. Well, you eight seasons in, I still think this is an insanely great reality series and you are insanely awesome, dude. Uh, Shep Rose, you guys, please still go get his book, go to Shep gear. Uh, you, he just has a new hat has an ice on it that I got to get. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, uh, thanks so much for your time today, man. Ryan, man, it's good to meet a fellow literary enthusiast and a mushroom taker. <laughs> yeah, dude, let's, we, we got to do a book club. That's what we got to do. Right. A book club. All right. Buddy. Thanks, dude. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers... First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. 
Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Okay, folks, now is the part of the show that I love the most because we get to talk about our sponsor for the week. And we have a returning sponsor and truly one of my favorite. I feel like a super cool guy when this sponsor is with us. It is, of course, our friends at Rothy's. You guys have heard me brag about my Rothy's shoes so much. In fact, I wore them last week. And I got complimented. I wore them too. That's right. Schwartz and Sandy's, the opening. And it was the only, everything else on me was probably gross, except for my amazing Rothy's shoes. And I got to tell you, this week, compliment somebody on something that they wear because somebody complimented me on those Rothy's shoes. And I think they truly meant just the shoes, but it made me feel good all week long. So uh, Rothy says, Have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful, colorful pair of flats and thought, Dang, those are cute. They might have been Rothy's, you guys. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. They're known for their chic, pointed-toe flats, but that's just the beginning because they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. You can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out, and they are insanely comfortable, almost like a slipper. So as soon as you take your first step, you think, ah, yes, that is more like it. Mine are so damn comfortable, you guys. Like, honestly, I have weird... I have weird walking issues, and these feel great. <laughs> I have weird walking issues. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This is actually super cool. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. I feel like this is Jamie Lee Curtis and Dorit. Like, does the technology exist? How chic is that? With thread made from plastic water bottles? They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. Um, so I'm a dude, right? Rothy's is really known for how amazing their women's footwear are, but I got to tell you, their men's is just as good. Uh, for all you guys out there listening or you girls with a dude or looking to get a dude, these Rothy's, get them a pair of Rothy's. I'm telling you, these are awesome shoes. They also have like cool handbags and computer bags and stuff like that that I want to get down the line or Rothy's, if you're listening, please give me a computer bag, please. Um, 
I just think it's really cool to wear something that you know is actual quality. Uh, it truly is. I always talk about, you know, I'm not going to mention it here, but my favorite store, and sometimes they've been not known for their quality, but Rothy's has, is completely known. Uh, it's stylish. There's comfort and the washability because you can even wash these shoes and they hold up. Uh, they are just so easy to wear, slip on, slip off. And like I said earlier, you can match them pretty much with any style. And there are so many different ones. Go to the website even. Just check it out. Because I'm going to tell you to go to rothys.com forward slash so bad and do that for me, man. So they know that you guys at least checked it out. But you will see how easy that site is to maneuver and how many options you have. So your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash so bad that's r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash so bad for twenty dollars off your first order uh that'll be in the show notes as well folks heck yeah the early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Bapa do bapa dtt we are back, folks, with an all-new Southern Charm recap. Now, um... Shep, if you're still listening, uh, we just did your interview. Please stop listening at this point because I do not want anybody to get their feelings hurt. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to say my honest opinions and feelings. And I hope I hope you're okay. I hope everyone's okay. And I'm just going to be like, uh, okay, this is so uncomfortable. I'm going to bring on my Diana. Jo Hello, Shep. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. Where do we start? Okay, let's start, as we always do, with the title. This is Season 8, Episode 5, and that that is, like, you got to think about that. Talking to Shep, like, kind of blew me away in the sense that he's done eight seasons of this show. And there is something weirdly not sad about doing the show, because we would all, like, probably love to do something like this, than have it be successful. But, I mean, in times where you're breaking up with somebody and everybody's getting into your business, like, if I've dealt with breakups or I've dealt with divorces and all that, I've had this kind of uh, amazing gift where I was a nobody, so the only people that were, like, you know, in my business was my family and my... <laughs> you know, ex's family and things like that and, and close friends. But I didn't have like Bravo accounts and stuff like that, throwing your, their opinion in by what they see on TV now, but that's what we do. Right. And I always say there is so much truth to even the little things that we see on TV. You can talk about bad edits all you want. And that's a popular thing that people complain about, but at the same time, by some weird alchemy, the camera can pick up thoughts behind the eyes. It's the coolest thing. That's why movies exist. That's why TV exists because even 
even when an actor or somebody in a reality show is quiet, the audience can pick up what they mean behind their eyes. So for the YouTube audience, um, this is me excited, me, ha- me sad, me tentative. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can kind of tell human emotions and, you know, editing and things like that do like I don't believe in Frankenstein editing where they take one, you know, clip of from one this and one clip from over there and make it so that they say something completely that they didn't say. But I think at this point, we've now seen enough human behavior from all of the Southern Charm cast members, maybe not the new ones, obviously. And I will say Austin, because, you know, you got to count Summer House and Winter House in there that we know a little bit of these people's MOs. And talking to uh, Shep, you you know, you really do get the sense, like that dude wants to be a nomad in some ways. He wants to be an adventurer. Craig says in this episode, he is a one-man band. Now, listen, that could be really hurtful to Shep, especially at times like now, but like it could also be truthful. And if you accept that as truthful, and if Shep accepts that as truthful, there's beauty in that truth, right? It's just that you don't want to then lead other people on. And I, I do wonder, I wish I could talk to him right now because I would just really be curious of... Was this relationship some form of a test? Was there like a year in where you were like, no, this is it for me, and then realized that the person Shep's always been, you know, is still there and he can't really let that part of him go. Like there is something interesting and not just with Shep, but with guys in general. I don't know if girls so much, I can't speak for them, but I think we have this kind of weird thing a lot of the times. I don't know if it's weird per se, but there's this thing of almost like giving up. Like you, you know, I think guys feel like sometimes that, you know, if they're with somebody that they've given up on themselves, which is sometimes just a really interesting, weird, potentially dangerous way to think about these things Because if anything, somebody new into your life should add so much value, should actually make you a better person. I hate to use that Jack Nicholson line from As Good As It Gets, but, you know, you make me want to be a better man kind of a thing. Um, Now, the boy squad in Austin, you know, it's it's tough times. You got Austin, you got Chubbs, uh, which is Caleb, which is Kleb. Remember, Catherine's ex, Caleb, but we spell it C-H-L-E-B, but I get confused because dyslexia, so I just call him Chubbs. So Chubbs, by the way, Catherine's ex, not even in this episode until the preview for the next week. And I was like, is Chubbs just out? Like, I just, I started falling, I was just starting to get to know Chubbs, and now Chubbs is gone. But think about it. Craig is the only one in a committed relationship. Austin doesn't know which way is fucking up in terms of girls. Like, he's just like, eh. He wants credit for everything, single thing he does. And obviously, the guy has been deeply scarred by his relationship with Madison. I'm not saying that's Madison's fault. I'm just saying he's been deeply scarred by it. And he carries that around so much so that it annoys every girl in his life. And then when he gets to other, like when he, it's almost like when he gets out of Charleston, he becomes like, Don Juan. Like he almost has this power by crossing state lines that when he goes to a summer house or a winter house, he's like, Let's go. Let's play butt bongo fiesta. Let's do this. All the ladies love me. I'm the, the I'm the Austin I've always wanted to be. Like you know what I'm saying? There's almost like a nerdy Batman element to it of like he's able to almost play a cool guy because if he says in this episode if we're to believe that's true he said Madison always told me I'm not I'm not good looking enough I'm not cool enough nobody likes me so if you really are being told those things or even interpreting in that fashion then you go to Summer House and you have Lindsay and Sierra fighting over you you're gonna think you're king shit and then that's why we've got to bring him down to earth, folks. <laughs> so this episode, you guys, uh, is called X's and Uh-Oh's. 
and I was like, you guys nailed it, Southern Charm producers. Uh, X's and O's is what that should be, but X's and uh-oh's means there's a mistake. Now, if we're taking X's, we're going to piece this together like the Da Vinci Code has something to do with X's, right? Okay, so in my head, that's Madison, right? So this maybe is a Madison-inspired uh, uh, line and then uh-oh means the mistakes we've made so mistakes we made that could be madison's mistake he's making with olivia the new girl i mean it could be, i just thought it was a very clever title so this one i actually i'm gonna give it the so bad it's good stamp of approval uh they always show us a description on the cable tv you know like for people just passing by that have never seen southern charm before they'd be like oh honey what's this let's read the description and it says madison and vanita's party takes a turn for the worse Paige sets ground rules for her relationship with Craig. Hey, better late than ever. <laughs> uh, Shep struggles to get Taylor to trust him while he's away. And then the last one is Catherine sets up a girl's night out. And last week we left off with Madison and Vanita and it was their joint birthday party. But Madison did this interesting thing where she invited um, Catherine and Olivia, who Vanita had some beef with a little bit, but didn't even ask Vanita, just invited them. So all of a sudden Vanita doesn't even know they're th getting there until she gets to the party. So it's a wild thing. And listen, I got to be on it. Like this to me feels very producer setup of like, I Definitely think Vanita didn't know. But I also think they pull aside cast members and go, okay, Madison, we're going to need you to invite this person and this person. Because there's not a part of me that really does think somebody is that toxic. And if if Madison truly is, then Austin, you're right. But I think it's more of a producer going, we're trying to make a TV show. So wouldn't it be interesting if you did not tell Vanita that these two people she has beef with um, are, are coming to her birthday party. It just makes for a tragic, uh, a tragic couple of scenes that we're seeing play out. And remember, Miss Patricia is there. Even Miss Patricia is there because we ended with her line last week of like, no F words, no F words. Like, and Whitney had dropped her off in the Bentley. So we have the previously on Southern Charm. And Naomi is slowly getting into this kind of the feel of doing the voiceovers at the beginning. She'd be like, Craig and Austin uh, golfing. And and they're, you know, talking about dragging their feet with Olivia. And we had that whole scene last week. With the, It was the stupidest scene I've ever seen, but also weirdly poetic on how two men cannot find the right text message to throw out to a lady. <laughs> so they finally sent this text message. So we see the little clip of, uh, okay, good. Uh, okay, now we can go to my parents' house to help them move up. And Craig is like, yeah, tell her how you feel and then run. Great line by Craig, actually. And then the voiceover goes, meanwhile, Taylor and Shep, Taylor and Shep's pregnancy scare opened up old wounds. And we see that scene from last week where uh, Shep's at the, the diner. He's like, apparently I'm not a safe bet. And Taylor's like, well, I think you're kind of not. Uh, and then when Madison and Vanita decided to host a joint birthday party, they were hijacked by someone's engagement. And of course, that was Madison's engagement. Of course, we get also then the song, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Don't you know? Don't you know? And we open back up where we were last week. We're just right in it. I immediately remembered I didn't even need those scenes. That's how smart my brain's gotten where I can watch something seven days ago or even six days ago and then watch it six days later at a continuation. I'll be like, I remember this from six days ago. 
I'm telling you, Bravo, you're wasting good TV time by doing all of these flashbacks and all of these like last week on Southern. Like, no, man, I'm in, I'm I'm if you're watching Southern Charm, I have a feeling you're in Southern Charm. And if you're not watching, a friend has gotten you to watch and that friend needs like that's part of the service of turning your friends on to Bravo. You need to sit down with them and go, I want to watch this with you so you don't get scared. OK, see, now that is Miss Patricia. Patricia, uh, you know, she her son is Whitney. Whitney, you know, like you got to walk them through this. Like um, I'm imagining this is what parenting is. That's what I imagine, guys. That's what I imagine parenting to be like. Please, all the parents out there, tell me if I'm wrong. I think I'm probably dead on. So, uh, oh, sorry. No, we're still in those. We're still in the scenes from last week, but they just they pepper in that song. Don't you know? Don't you know? And Vanita's telling Madison, "What made you invite Catherine and Olivia?" And then the voiceover goes, "When Leva tried to mediate a truce, and it was at the last scene where Leva's like, okay." You go first and you go second. Let's work this thing out. And then the voiceover is like, it didn't go as planned. And that's Miss Patricia going, no half words, please. And then bop a doo, bop a dee dee. It's easy as the birds and the bees and the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And then we open up Madison and Vanita and Leva's, Leva goes, can I, can I set the tone? Can I set the tone, please? Which, by the way, I've never said, can I set the tone in my life? You remember like how confident you've got to be to say, can I set the tone. I think that's amazing. Um, because she says there's times when these issues can get muddled into not understanding each other's personalities. Um, you know, and Vita, Vanita's personality is to speak that way, which is what we just saw her speaking to Catherine in a very confrontational way, uh, you know, very clear. Uh, she says, I can see how you're receiving it. She's telling Catherine, I can see how you're receiving that, okay, because you don't know Vanita that well yet. And Catherine's like, she doesn't know me that well yet either, which is totally true. Vanita says, I know everyone else at the table speaks to you that way, but I'm not doing that. So Vanita's getting real personal with Catherine of going, I know all these people think you're a fucking idiot, but I'm not at that point yet, but I do have some questions. Catherine says, you said earlier, I hope you're not raising your kids like that, because that's the discussion they had. Because listen, at the end of the day, Vanita is still upset and doesn't understand why Catherine used the monkey emojis to respond to a fan, which was part of the last season of Southern Charm's overall plotline. It's a really dark thing. And that's why I always say with these conversations, I'm so ecstatic that Bravo is covering them. But sometimes when they're this important, you've just got to make sure the show is respected enough that it can hold the weight of these big conversations. Because not only are you taking us through this, but we're watching sometimes, you know, it... Catherine, sometimes it just does, and I'm not making excuses for, but sometimes things don't seem to click or connect, and the way she processes information is different than I think the way any of us process information. And I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying it's just different. So it's a real put on the spot moment. And I'm sure it's a conversation Vanita definitely didn't want to have at her birthday, but she's standing up for herself. Uh, it's one of those weird things. And the, the, this episode gets really fun or like a lot more kind of Southern charmy, but it starts this way, which is just really heavy because we're back in this position again. And it's like, I want to know the answer. I want to, I want Vanita to be happy. I want Kath. I want to know what Catherine, like, I still think it's the weirdest thing that she put those monkey emojis to begin with. Um, and Catherine says, um, yeah, I, you know, I hope you, you know, you said earlier, I hope you're not raising your kids like that. And it's like, yeah. And she's like, that was fucking insulting to me. And then Catherine goes, F word. Oops. Shit. 
And everybody looks at Miss Patricia, and Miss Patricia's like, no ass words either. So he said, no F words, no ass words either. And then Naomi laughs. And Taylor says, I'm so confused. What is going on? Can someone fill me in? And then we have uh, Catherine to Leva going, why am I losing my cool right now? And Leva's like, because you have emotions, girl. Guys, I'm like, listen, can we be honest here for a second? Like, Leva has what we all know now is like a Vanderpump Rules style show based around her restaurant, right? Leva's been on a season and a third right now, like depending on how many episodes this season goes. And I still, do you think Leva can handle, like even if you hate Lisa Vanderpump or don't hate Lisa Vanderpump, you love her, um, you still can't argue what she has done in the restaurant industry, what she had done at that point in regards to being a housewife. And she really could launch that show. Is Leva, and, and listen, this is just going by what I am picking up on. Is Leva a big enough character? And even when she tries to get involved, I never feel like she fully does it well. Like sometimes I understand Vanita talking about these issues a little bit more than Leva. And I'm like, why are we looking to Leva for this when I feel like she confuses things? And she kind of seems like a little tipsy most of the the time, which is also fun. And I love that. But if we're having these big conversations, I feel like Leva being the middleman between Catherine and Vanita is just a little off. And I, I could be completely wrong. And that's what's good about like we'll see in future episodes. But I did get worried. I'm like, we're handing a whole fran- like a whole series over to Leva. And I'll be curious what her, you know, what her part in that series is because she owns the restaurant. So Leva's like, it's because you have emotions, Catherine. And then Miss Patricia goes, Jesus Christ. And she grabs a bottle of champagne. And Naomi's like, should I pour that for you? And she's like, yeah, otherwise I'll drink it from the bottle. <laughs> and Leva says, hey, Catherine, stop being, you know, pulled off your cool. You know, don't be pulled off your cool. You're totally good. And uh, so then Vanita goes to Olivia. from like, Catherine's situation is calming down, I guess. And goes to Olivia and says, I, can I talk to you if that's all right? You know, and... Uh, Benita goes, I want to make sure we both understand each other. So they get up to talk. And I'm like, is this, this feels weird. And this feels not organic in any way. And I almost, I felt for both of these ladies in this scene, because I felt like, really, we're just, I mean, I know this is a TV show and that's what we're doing this, but it kind of takes away from the actual party aspect of this. And then Madison gets to skate. And this is why it's such a big problem. Madison should be the one Vanita should be pulling aside. You know, like Madison is the one that kind of created this. So they go and um, Vanita, well, like Olivia kind of looked tentative and Vanita kind of throws in a, don't worry, you got it. And Olivia goes, I know I got it. Thank you for the confirmation. Which, dude, I mean, that is kind of gross of Benita going, you got it. You can do it. And it's like, uh, that's not cool. And then uh, Miss Patricia goes, drinks up, ladies, drink up. And uh, Benita goes, I want to know at my party that I'm good with everyone at the table. And Olivia's like, well, at Naomi's party, I got, uh, I got, you know, I felt like ganged up on by three women, you know, walking out of the bathroom at Naomi's. I had three girls up in my face. You know, it's a little different. Um, and then Vinny goes, besides that, you told me to calm down that night. And Olivia's like, I didn't say calm down. I, I, I put a hand in your face, <laughs> which, by the way, they do a flashback and we do see she did say to calm down. Um, and then she goes, you know. 
I kept it cool, Vanita says, and she goes, you know, listen, you threw out the word racist that night. And we get the flashback of Catherine being called a racist and she not being around to stick up for herself. And she goes, I'm, I'm not going to stick around to, to be called racist or not racist. And Vanita says, explain to me that you're not. And that's a really tough line. Like, listen, because you can't help but get defensive. And I'm not trying to explain Olivia's actions, but listen, like, I think people hear racist in this day and age, and it's a very real, real thing. But I think we personalize it to such a degree because it is such a real thing. And we're like, no, 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 no. Ah." And listen, a goofy white kid, middle class, like uh, that I'm probably not the person to explain any of this shit to you. And I should have an expert on again to kind of even walk me through this. But I can see where people get defensive. I can see where that is. And it, it just... It's a really it's it's going it's continuing to be this frustrating topic for Vanita, for Olivia. And it's like I I, I want to know the right things to do, you know. Um, so she says, here's the deal. I was uncomfortable with hearing that word so easily tossed out in a conversation, Olivia says, that involved me. And you and I have known each other for like five minutes and I'm checking out because, you know, that's not cool. It's a, I don't want to. You know, if you're you're going to all of a sudden discuss cancel culture me out on that. And Vanita goes, if I had the culture, she would not be here. And that was in a talking head. And then we cut to the girls watching this conversation between Vanita and Olivia going, oh, something's going on over there. And uh, Miss Patricia is trying to call Whitney. I'm like, Whitney, come get me. Whitney, please save me. And Madison's like, FaceTime. I don't know how to FaceTime. And Madison's like, I'll do it. And Madison's like, Whitney, you got to pick up your mom. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm just at home team barbecue. I just sat down. And Madison's like, well, you got to leave and come and get her. So we cut back to that conversation and says, you will never understand what it's like for Catherine to do those things and be in her presence, Vanita says. And Olivia says, I have nothing to do with that, though. That's stuff between y'all. And Vanita says, but address it instead of walking away. And she says, there are there are some things you and I don't, um, you know, don't need to get into about this. And Olivia says... Uh, you know, I, I once again says, you've known me for less than five minutes. And she goes, and you've known me for less than five minutes. And then Olivia's like, but I'm not the one making these claims. And then Vanita goes, can I talk to you without interrupting me? Let me say my piece. Now that's another, like, by the way, this is from like Olivia's standpoint and Vanita's standpoint. You're doing both triggering words to each other. Um, you know, Olivia put hands in Vanita's face says to calm down. Horrible right here. Vanita saying that, that thing can, you need to let me speak. Let me say my piece. When, if you go back, you know, they are both saying things, but when you say that, it immediately makes somebody super defensive too. So Olivia goes, no, I think we're done. I think you had another agenda for this conversation. And my agenda was just to talk about the issue at hand, which by the way, tell me you guys, what is the issue at hand? I'm even getting confused. Like what's the issue at hand that Olivia stood up for Catherine a little bit at Naomi's party? Like, I mean, listen, Olivia kind of seems like a, you know, a what neither here nor there kind of person, you know, like I don't even know who she really is. Catherine, I can see what that discussion is. I truly see what that discussion is. This is a little hazy for me and I could be alone in those thoughts. Um, so, uh, but goes, no, talk to me right now. If you're willing to talk, you know, we're talking right now. And then, Olivia's like, let's just go finish the party. And then Vanita's like, but we have to have a real conversation. This didn't get us anywhere. And Olivia's like, no, it didn't. They come back and Vanita says, yeah, I think we, 
said all we needed to say for today. Vanita says in a talking head, none of this would have happened if Madison hadn't invited these two girls. We could have had a Southern moment if she wasn't trying to start drama like she always does. Now that to me is the key to all of this. That to me is who Vanita, I think, should have talked to. Or Madison should have talked to Vanita in the first place. To me, that is the offensive thing really at this present moment. And Madison just skates away with it. Listen, I like Madison, but she skips away with it. And Miss Patricia goes, are we through with this? And Benita's like, okay, you ready to go? And, and Miss Patricia's like, absolutely. And we see the birthday cups, cupcakes being brought out. Vanita uh, isn't like, Vanita's blows out by itself. She's like, we got we to gotta light mine first. And, you know, Madison's, you know, as happy as a pig in shit. She's like, woo. And Vanita says, all I want to do is go home and cry for 30 minutes. Because, like, at the end of the day, that's not how you want to spend your birthday. Like, having to have these, like, really kind of tough conversations out of, like, you didn't even expect these people to be there. So they're like, happy birthday to you. And, like, Vanita's kind of just looking off into the distance. And I just, it makes you think how many times people, or even in your own experience, you guys, how many times you are like that in your life where you just want to go home. You just, you, I mean, it's just too much. It did not go the way that you thought it would go. So um, moving on, finally, thank goodness. Uh, she says, uh, uh, Craig and Paige, you guys, the couple with the most. And let me tell you, folks, they're not in bed this time. They are in front of their bathroom sinks, brushing their teeth. The, the sign of a good relationship is people that have good dental care together. I think we all can agree on that. But I was just really happy to see Paige uh, not horizontal, uh, standing up. I mean, it's a weak stance, but she didn't look like she was about to fall over. And that's what we need. Paige to just practice standing a little bit every day. Like start with five minutes, maybe challenge yourself to 10 minutes the next day. Pretty soon, you're going to be able to stand for at least an hour at a time. Um, so they're doing their little... Brusha, brusha, brusha. And Craig's like, you spit, you spit halfway through. And uh, he's like, no, it's fine. I just don't spit halfway through. Which I'm like, what do you mean, Craig? Like, you, do you brush your teeth and you don't spit until the very end? So all the dirt and plaque you're getting off your teeth, you're just rolling it around in your Craig mouth? Like, tell me that's not what he meant. You don't spit. And then Paige says, um, in, my he- in my head, I went to a sexual place page you know spitting out like when are we as adults going to be able to make spit jokes again without having it be about oral sex i think now is that i hope it's on the ballot in 2024 um so uh we cut to marcy shep's cousin remember pregnant they're trying to introduce her as a character she's trying to put on her shoes um over her baby like she has a baby bump she's trying to bend down it's kind of like my gut and she's she's like oh my god my feet are swollen and then we cut to taylor and uh shep and they're at his house and she's got like a basil plant and she's like, uh, I got to feed Tim the plant, um, and, and give him good compliments, Shep. And Shep's like, Tim is growing emotionally. Like that's, that should help him grow. And you just, I mean, even in that little scene right there, it's like, Shep's not the guy that wants to talk to plants. I mean, unless, you know, they're a C cup. Hey, sorry. So sorry, Shep, if you're listening. I I, I want to do mushrooms with you. Um, then we cut back to Craig and Paige, and they're in a little golf cart. So I guess it's like a golf cart town where, he, you know, Craig has a little golf cart, and he's like king of the golf cart. 
people. And Paige is in the golf cart with Craig driving around their neighborhood. And he's like, I love this neighborhood. The community really decorates well. Dude, that's another thing I've never said. Like, I've never said this community decorates well. Like, I can't even clean my room. And, like, I've never, I've never looked down my street and go, I wonder if this community decorates well. Like, I, <laughs> I just look down. Um, Craig in the Talking Head says, having Paige here is the best. You know, I'm missing her more and more when she's gone. And uh, Paige uh, says in the golf cart, the other night you said you wanted to have a million Christmases with me. And Craig goes, I say really cute shit to you when I'm drunk. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, when you're drunk, you do say really cute shit. Now, that's cute right now. They're still early on in the relationship. Now, eight years in, I don't know if Paige is going to think it's as cute when Craig's like, I would like to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa with you. Give me a Jaeger shot, Paige. You know, but it's like cute right now. And also, Craig is one of those men, I'm like this a little bit too, that if you have a couple drinks, you're, you feel more confident in saying what your heart feels. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, like I am a very romantic person if I've had a couple drinks because I, I feel like I am like that in my head. This is the dangerous part about alcohol or any substances. You know, you if you're like, oh, it puts me in touch with my feelings because I'm so scared to say my feelings otherwise. Okay, you guys, I gotta go. I gotta talk to my sponsor. This is great. <laughs> so, in a talking head, Craig goes, I've never felt this way before. And when I think about who's walking down the aisle with me, it's Paige. Amazing sentiment, very romantic. I'm assuming he's sober, and that's cute shit right there. But I will say this How many guys out there listening, all five of you, have pictured who will be there. So in Craig's head, he's standing at the aisle in his fantasy. And now in his fantasy, it's Paige. Like he's, it's always Paige when she gets down to the end of the aisle. Like it could have been somebody else, but it, like your fantasy surprised you of like, holy shit, that's Paige the Sorbo. <laughs> holy shit, Paige, it's my girlfriend. Did not expect that in my fantasy. Wow. Um, you know, like I've, I have been married and I wanted to get married and I have no problem with marriage. I mean, I guess the state of California would say otherwise, but I never fantasized like of me in a tux and who would be meeting me down the aisle, you know, like it was more fantasies about like, how am I going to live the rest of my life? <laughs> like, do I eventually live behind a grocery store in the alley? Like those were the fantasies or nightmares I had, but like, I love that Craig and this really kind of lines up with who Craig is and who we believe him to be and why is sewing. It's like always very sensitive is that he truly, I believe has had multiple fantasies about walking down the aisle. In fact, I think somebody told me on his podcast or maybe one of his live shows that supposedly he already, um, he already, got Paige a ring or something, but he, he knew he wanted to wait till it was after a year. So let's kind of put a date on when we think that actually is going to happen. And if they try to do it or base it around like a time when it's like good for both of them publicity wise, I hate to say that, but I think these Bravo Lebs sometimes really, you know, publicity wise, it, ma it matters to them, you know? Um, so, uh, they go to this place to have some drinks and, you know, Paige is like, how was Austin the other night? He's like, oh, he's good. You know, he wants to, you know, he wants to take me and Shep to his parents' house next week. And, 
you know, Austin found about, you know, Madison getting engaged and he played it off really well, you know, and I know, I know when she got engaged, Austin was going to freak out and Paige says, dude, the last person I'm going to be thinking about when I get engaged is the person I, I dated before. And she goes, Charleston is a weird place. And I got to tell you that Paige is dead on right. Listen, if you're getting, but at the same time, I kind of saw both sides because I do worry about other people. Like if I ever did ever get engaged again, of course I would worry about my ex. Like I don't want to hurt any, like I know I wouldn't, you know, like you wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I get her point because that moment should be about the two of you and not all the people that you've left behind that you're worried about. And I also agree with her that I think Charleston potentially is a very weird place. And he's like, yeah, smallest town ever. I mean, fuck, he's driving around a golf cart. Last episode, Shep was like like lowboarding on a skateboard when Taylor was dragging him along on a bike. Which, By the way, how is Shep getting to restaurants now? Who's pulling his skateboard? Sorry. Um, he's like... Uh, Craig's like, hello, I went to a party at Naomi's and like it was all our friends and like it would have been weird for me not to go. And Paige is like, right, I totally get that. Um, You know, the group setting all day. She goes, group setting all day. (laughs) But I think being cordial and being friends are two very different things. Finally, Paige has gotten her head in the game. I've been telling you the last seven episodes going like, when is Paige like, how did Craig magically with this, you know, we weren't official yet and we were, you know, we were still dating, you know, that Paige has been kind of like weirdly cool or blaming other people instead of Craig for any kind of weird interaction romantically. And now we finally see Paige either this is a plotted wake up and, you know, or she's finally truly waking up of like, what the fuck are you doing, idiot? And, uh, She's like, Craig says, yeah, I wouldn't say friends, but like me and Naomi, we've been broken up for five years. And like, you know, what if we went, I mean, what if we went to lunch? By the way, they, I'm telling you now, they will go to lunch. In fact, when Craig said this, probably the producers wrote lunch with Craig and Naomi, make sure this happens. And Paige goes, no, that would be crazy. I wouldn't go out with someone I've previously slept with on a one-on-one lunch. And he goes, I'm not going to get my nails. We're not going to get my nails done, our nails done together, which that kind of was a great line because it just really zeroed me in that Craig has a nail person. I was like, oh, my God, Craig does have a nail person. And uh, he's like, we're not going to be like gal pals, like go to a restaurant. Like I was just in a restaurant during a day and just have like one drink and say what's going on. Now, it takes a brave man to introduce that topic, watch his girlfriend not be cool with it and also go, I would just have one drink. It just it it was like you could have just said like it's not drinking, but he goes, I would have one drink (laughs) because I want to. I'd still need one drink, and then you know he's gonna get there. He's like, I hope the drink's this big, and it's like a thirst buster size, like Chablis. Um, And she goes, No, I think hanging out with an ex one on one while you're dating someone is inappropriate. And Craig says, Well, I guess that's just the lawyer in me. Like that's why I'm fighting it. And Paige is like, well, that's the Italian in me would tell you no. And Craig's like, okay, that's fair. In a talking head, he goes, look, I get it. I would be that way. It's like shady, I guess, to hang out with Naomi. It was shadier to hang out with her than my college friend, I guess. And I guess you can't hook up with someone recently and then hang out because that's the truth. He fucked Naomi two times. Like recently. And I love that he's like in the talking head. He goes, yeah, I guess like we did just sleep. I did just put my penis inside and around her. 
on her belly, you know, on her face, all this stuff. I put it everywhere. So, yeah, I now have seen more of what Paige says. And then he goes to Paige, he goes, I like the Italian. It's the unique things about you I find really cute about you. You mean your heritage? Like her hair, like that's, you got a really cute heritage. I love it. Makes you hairy. And then she goes, uh, my, you feel really, my unique things about me that you find really cute? And she goes, like murder? And I'm like, okay, Stassi, bust out the ranch dressing. We cut to the town. Austin's walking on the street, got purpose in his step. He goes to Charleston Beer Works. How many fucking beer places are there in Charleston? It feels like for every, it feels like a Starbucks. Like like you see a Starbucks on like every two street corners in Los Angeles. Charleston, it has to just be like breweries. Um, he's like, one trop hop he orders. And it's like, up. Oh, First and last Trop Hop sold of the day at the Brew Works. I'm joking. I hear it's good. Olivia comes out and she goes, you look handsome. And he goes, they're finally doing a date, you guys. She goes, he goes, I wore high tops for you. And she goes, I love it. And she goes, my weakness is sneakers and a hat. And he goes, I know. Like, isn't that amazing that her weakness is somebody just dressing lazy? You know, like he put on some jeans, a backwards baseball cap and sneakers and that's somebody's weakness. Like I'm truly, my dream girl is somebody that like finds it attractive that I just have trash laying around my body at all times. Like, oh, that's my weakness. A trash can, man. Oh, well, you're in luck. <laughs> um, she orders a Chardonnay, you guys, and they order tachos, which I'm guessing are taco nachos. And we don't really clarify this point, but I did spend the rest of the episode thinking about tachos. And if taco nachos aren't what that's inferring to, we do need to make taco nachos, you guys. And uh, she goes, well, I'm glad we're finally doing this, you know, without friends, you know, hanging around with us. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like that too. He's like, we're meeting by ourselves. Like where's, we're Shep and Taylor. And then he's like, uh, when did you see the girls last? And, She's like, oh, I saw all the girls at the uh, Vanita Madison combined birthday. And, and, you know, which means Olivia just said Austin's safe word, Madison. Madison! Um, she says, um, uh, she's like, and then he's like, oh, yeah, combined birthday. I bet, I bet Madison was all like, make it about me, me, me. Don't forget I got engaged. Tell me how wonderful I am, even though her engagement has to be like a subtle dig, you know. And it's like, it's truly, he's like pointing out a multiverse of mistakes. And I even knew as a, a, an idiot that this was not the move. And Olivia's just drinking and she goes, note to self, never bring up Madison on a date and a talking head. And he goes, not to harp on this, but like she had me convinced I wasn't funny, I was, which I wasn't funny. I was like, she might have been right on that one. I wasn't good looking. I wasn't tall. Now, that would have been the one I was like, you're definitely tall. There's no argument there. I wasn't likable. People thought I was an asshole. And I'm like, did they watch this season of Summer House? And Madison, uh, he goes, well, I just hate our shit has so much. No, she goes, Olivia goes, well, I just hate our shit has so much to do with Madison. And he goes, it doesn't, babe. <laughs> We're just going to spend every first part of our dates talking about her. But other than that, totally chill. It's all about us. And she goes, I can't even go on a normal date with you. And then he's like, you can call it like PTSD. Like now he's a veteran. You can call it like PTSD or whatever. I served in uh, served in the battalion fighting Madison, you know, in the last couple of years. 
I was so vulnerable with my last relationship. It was like emotional whiplash. Now, usually when Austin says something like that, I, I believe at Winter House or Summer House, people are like, oh, let me cuddle you. But this, like, Olivia's like, fuck this. In a talking head, she goes, the fact of the matter is, oh, sorry, Austin goes, the fact of the matter is we were together for three years. It sucks to show that you're bothered. It's a total sign of weakness. I know, I know. It looks like I'm pretty weak. And I totally, I totally get that. And I fucking hate that, that it's spilled over into this. And uh, so he says all of this and it's like, totally get that. We, I think if you're a dude or like, we've all been in a place like that where you're just not on your game, but of course you shouldn't be dating during that time. And also on top of that, you shouldn't be sleeping with others and then getting them upset. Like you did, you laid wreckage to our summer house, our precious little summer house. And Austin goes, I just want to take it slow. And she goes, that's okay. I'm not trying to lock it down. I'm not one of those girls. In a talking head, she goes, I like Austin, but having this conversation is a little too presumptuous, I think, for our first date. You know, why are we even having this conversation? And he goes, I know it seems like we're playing, I'm playing games, but I'm trying to do the exact opposite. I like that it's like a science experiment for him. He's like, I've never put this chemical with this chemical. Will I be able to keep my penis in my pants? Sorry. Um, and then she goes, he's overcomplicating the fact, and he shouldn't. You know, we could just have fun. I get it. We all had our bad breakups, but you can't let your past issues creep into your next situations. And I'm like, damn, another woman that is smarter than Austin. Like, that is just, she, and I don't think it's her, like, I think women have this unique ability to really kind of laser-like focus on on how things actually are. And we're just so stuck in our man feelings. And like, it doesn't feel weird. I don't feel good. One girl hurt me. And he goes, where does this leave us? And she's like, I don't know. And uh, he's like, "Can I? will you still touch my penis? We cut to Marcy. Uh, and, you know, she's it's like a pregnant scene. Uh, Shep's, um, you know, cousin. She goes, people ask me if I feel prepared. Who knows? I've never felt prepared in my whole life. I'm hormonal. I'm nesting. If a room is perfect, I guess I'm going to be prepared. Her mom calls and uh, she's like, mom, I'm trying to put together this Graco baby swing. I thought like, why is so weird that they named the product name? Like, are they getting that for free? And that's why she named it. Like, it'd be funny if every Marcy scene was like, and this Fisher Price playset, um, that's, and also retails for $9.99. Sorry, sorry spelled I'm a man, Shep. If you're still listening, I just belch like a man. Um, she's like, I'm so excited to have the baby, but I set up the crib and I don't even have a crib mattress. And the mom's like, first baby jitters. And she goes, oh, they told me to read this book, The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. I've read it twice. It's amazing. It's like a Lord of the Rings saga. She goes, it's 500 pages. I can't read. I have ADD. I can't focus. And mom goes, all the women in the early days never had a book. Which, by the way, that got me thinking, which I was like, oh, oh, my God, imagine that first woman that didn't have the book has the first baby and, like, all of a sudden milk starts coming out of their nipples. Like, I would fucking freak out. Like, if anything other than pee or the other thing comes out of my wee-wee, like, it's, like, bad news. Like, it's, like, not good. So imagine that first lady that – and that's – whoever that lady – uh, let's call her Victoria. Whoever Victoria – Thank you for your service. What an amazing, like, and how do you even find out that, oh, that's meant for the baby? Like, how did they all put that together? Like, I would have been, I would, that baby would have been 18 and I'd have been like, holy shit, that was milk. I'm finally getting it. Um, 
So we see pics of Marcy and her mom throughout the years. They're uh, they're very close. And she goes, but my mom's very Southern, Southern tradition, Southern way. So when John and I weren't married and I was pregnant, you know, I told her sheepishly and she was like, wait, what? What? No, you need to get married. And so we got married really quickly. We had a priest there. And then she was like, whoo. I'm having a granddaughter. I can tell everybody. And I was like, that's so dark. Like these Southern traditions, it, you know, just because you said something tradition doesn't mean we have to keep doing them. It doesn't mean it's right. You know, if you say tradition, like I have a tradition of like, you know, not being able to process milk. Like that doesn't, that, that means I shouldn't, you know, that mean, doesn't mean I keep drinking milk and then just not process it. Well, it means I shouldn't do that anymore. You know, I'm a damn genius. This could be the best podcast I've ever done in my life. She goes, this is my, this is the fascinating part of this though. She goes, it's kind of a double standard in our family, you know, is that they were always worried about me, you know, always worried about me that I wasn't married, that I didn't have a kid, but Shep was partying so hard. And we see a flashback of Shep dude downing shots and no one ever said anything to him about that. And you know, it's weird. I'm still the same person, but now I'm pregnant and married and they look up to me now and they respect me. Like I just won the Pulitzer. Like I'm just having a baby. Thanks. To me, that was such an interesting little piece of information. And it really kind of gives perspective on that whole family, Austin, everything. Then she then reverts back to typical and goes, will you buy me a stroller, mom? Can you do the most expensive one? She's like, yeah, I can do that. We cut to Vanita's house. It's very fancy. Everything's well-placed. We meet Charles, her dog. Napkins are set up. A tea set for Leva's arrival. And she lets us know she's super particular. Um, and I got to say, this was a point, too, that I was like, let's see more of Vanita's friends. If you're going to introduce somebody, don't make them just do the heavy lifting of having hard conversations. Let me get to know them. Like, I know she's an influencer, which, by the way, isn't it weird that Vanita might influence on actual real events more than, like, what summer top to wear? And I'm not a girl, so it's like that shit just goes right over my head with influencer lifestyles somehow. Um, or And I totally get why. And, and I, I'm trying to respect that every like people really genuinely do love uh, influencers, but then it always like you get to be tanks and it's just like so stupid. And you realize how, you know, it's like influence your own life and influ like influence people like good things to like, like a quest for knowledge. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up now. Um, so, uh, she says, I need to know where everything is every moment, every moment of my life. And that's when I personalized it. And I was like, Oh, Vanita would hate me. So she's like, if the onion salt is not put back alphabetically, it'll screw everything up. And, uh, the producer goes, do you think you have a problem? And she goes, it depends on what you define as a problem. And she goes, I just want things to look super neat. You know, you know I, I, doesn't everybody want that? Leva comes in. They go. Uh, we see actually a pillow on her couch that says, why can't we have nice things? And I was like, is that a Conover original? Uh, she turned her dining room into a closet, folks, and they have to walk through that to get to the kitchen. And Lev's like, you're a girl after my own heart. Girls! Eh. And then we see her Barbie collection. She lets us know she has 27 Barbies. She leaves them in the box because all good collectors do know that you have to leave them in the box, even though sometimes with my action figures, I want to play with them so much. And that's so sad as an older man, but like, I take the Batman out. But by the way, this, anybody from Bravo, Funko, anybody listening, I'm asking this for the millionth time, please give me fucking action figures. You know what I would do with like a season two Vanderpump rules action figure set with like a bar 
or like Tom Sandoval's shitty apartment. I'd be like, hey, Kristen, you want to come watch Drive tonight? Sandoval's going to bed early. Wink. Like, you know what? I Like, I want that so bad. Like, I like I feel like there's a market for it besides just me, but it's probably just me. Um, Leva goes, how are you? And uh, she's like, I'm so sorry for the, uh, the the party. You know what I what I had said to get all that stuff going. And Vinita goes, how are you? And she goes, no, in the spite of uh, I'm real. So in the, in the spirit of realist, let's fix it. You know, remember, I was the hostess and, uh, you know, it's all one thing. You know, my feelings got so strong because I don't have one on one. So this is Vanita saying this. I have to jump at the party and that's when I get to speak. And so then you really get to see more of Vanita's perspective that this isn't cool. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, she does get the. This is the moment she gets to speak. And she's like, I want, I wasn't my best self. I wasn't my most open, she says. And with Olivia, you know, there has to be a super honest conversation. And now I'm guarded again. And I I just keep kind of skirting the issue. Once again, it's like one of those things that I'm really trying to uh, figure out what 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 is going on like what what i feel like i'm missing a piece between olivia and vanita you know like i I truly am and i'm i might have slept on it but i have been recapping the show so i just i hate that i've missed this big moment um in a talking head she goes i wish i went down um i wish what went down with olivia went down differently tenfold like i definitely step into the situations wrong 99.1 percent of the time another thing i love about vanita is she does even admit like when she didn't do something great you know like that seems to be everybody's problem it's like really hard for people to admit that they're wrong sometimes or that they even played a part in awkwardness leva says just open up that's the person i know you know like just be you you know in a talking head she says as an adult i know i have to be okay with um you know, some things, but that doesn't mean they hate me. How do I work on that? With I don't know. I think that line I wrote down so sloppily that I don't know what that means. I'm so sorry. Um, she says, where is this going? And are we going to keep this going and have a friendship in regards to Olivia? Vanita says, and Leva says, but you don't want to be fake and not address it. So then we cut to Austin's car. Shep comes up ready to go on the road to Charlotte. Craig comes out too. And they're like, Shep goes, should I drive? And they're like, no, 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 I'm not driving. So Craig drives and we see three hours and 20 minutes of Charlotte. And Shep, uh, they say, Shep, I'm still scarred when you try to drive us to the Hamptons. And I threw up, Craig says. And Shep's like, I don't like to drive. And Craig goes, yeah, I threw out, threw up out the window. And in a talking head, even Austin goes, Shep's an awful driver. Shep terrified me. And he's like all on the accelerator or all on the gas or on the brakes. And Shep in a talking head goes, they're effing liars. Um, and he goes, if your parents uh, sold the house, where are we staying? And Austin goes, uh, hey, I got three rooms at a nice hotel, which uh, translates to production got us three rooms at a nice hotel. He's like, but I'm going to leave you boys because I got a big meeting with Harris Teeters. And I guess this is grocery market chain. Ronnie Karam told me about it. And he's like, there's 158 teeters in that area. And that's a hell of a lot of volume for my shitty beer. Today's a big day. And Austin goes, um, they're driving. Craig's driving. And he goes, hey, Craig, don't play that game of letting guys in. And I'm like, Austin, are you an asshole on the road? Not just in Summer House. You're also mean to other drivers. Don't let pe- Don't play that game. Don't let people in. How dare you, Austin? That's gross. They're not doing a little switching music bit. And this is sad because they don't, they don't have licensed music. So you know this isn't even what they're listening to. So it's like, ding, 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 ding. 
And Shep goes, Craig was like, turn it. And Shep's like, it's not uplifting enough for Craig. And they're like, and they're like, no, no. And then it's like, and Craig's like, yeah. It's 55 minutes of Charlotte. Shep says, tomorrow I'm going to be eating lunch with my nieces. And Austin goes, you're going to tell them that you they almost had another cousin? Hey-o! And Austin says, I would be totally into you guys, you and Taylor, doing that. And Shep goes, oh, so you can rub it in my face when you go out and get girls? And it just goes to, like, really just nail it in, is that these guys fancy themselves as hunters. I don't mean for animals. The animals are the women. Like, they truly feel like, you're going to go out and get all the good women when you go out hunting at night? It really sometimes takes on that thing. And listen... I am not the dude to like tell you how it really is because like I didn't go quote unquote hunting unless you thought hunting was going to like sketch comedy like Upright Citizens Brigade or Improv Olympic or any of the other nerdy shit I did. And in fact, I went to more gay bars than I did straight bars because my best friend was gay. Like it was like hunting, but you really you see what that's like is that that's really kind of a fun game that good looking guys play. Um and he goes, I want to have a bachelor party, though. And Craig goes, no one's going to survive that bachelor party. And they all laugh. Ha ha, bros for life. Let me be part of your bros, Shep. Please, let me. Uh, they get to Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte, Austin's former hometown. And Austin goes, I know, man. We check in at Ivy's hotel. And Shep's like, Shangri-La. Uh, they all check into their own separate room. Craig immediately opens a bottle of wine. <laughs> Shep gets into his peanuts. Austin showers. It's uh, very average. And, uh, you know, Austin's getting ready. He's like, my hair's pissing me off. And uh, he's like, should I wear a hat? Is it just me because I'm nervous? I don't know. And it's like a huge move for me. It's a much bigger market than Charleston, he says to us. And Austin goes to, to Craig's room. He's like, hey, should I tuck my shirt in or out? And Craig's like, tuck it in. You're there to do business. And I'm like, mind blown, dude. I'm like, fuck, this dude has an answer for everything. Tuck in. But then did you notice he has like some like macrame belt? It was like, maybe leave it a little out too. Cause it wasn't like a, it was like a, you know, a, kind of like a little bit of a hippie belt. I dug it. But if you're meeting with Terrace Teeters of Teeterboro or wherever it is, Shep calls Madison. He's like, hey, babe, where are you? And she's like, I'm at your place cleaning up. And he's like, what? You're at my place? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, got it. You know, you know, in his head, he's like, I got her trained well. And then he goes, hey, will you steal some of my forks? I have too much. What a weird request. That also leads me to believe that Shep just steals forks at local establishments. Because what other reason would he have that many? Like, why does he have that many? Why is he telling people to steal forks? Shep, if you're listening, why? that's another question. I'd wish I had seen this episode before I talked to you. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> This is the other, she's like, how was the drive? And he goes, Craig drove. And Taylor goes, Craig's Craig's a great driver. He's an exceptional driver. And Shep goes, he's like Rain Man. Excellent driver. I'm an excellent driver. Bro, did you just drop a Rain Man 1987 film with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, autistic move, like film about autism on Taylor, somebody that is way younger than you? Did Taylor get the Rain Man reference? Like, honestly, like he was like, ha ha. Because for me, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Did you just drop a Rain Man joke? And I would have loved it. But Taylor, you know, like, does she get a Rain? Did she, has she watched Rain? No offense. I'm not saying she's not a movie buff, but like, you know. It's what I was talking about earlier with the Beyonce and all that shit. Like, I just feel like maybe I'm just way past the point of knowing what's cool. 
And uh, so then we go to Craig. He's laying on his bed with his feet kicked up like a little girl. He's like, he's like, hey, baby. And she's like, what are you doing, smoochie boochies? And he's like, Austin got us a hotel. and We're going to go party on the town. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, she's like, well, I have to pack, go home and see mom and dad. And he goes, I'm excited to meet them one day. And she's like, yeah, they thought maybe it was going to be this weekend, but you're so busy. And he's like, yeah, I'll call you later. And uh, he's like, I'll call you, I promise, and hangs up. And then he goes, ah. And then he goes, ah, I almost said I love you, but I didn't. Why didn't you cry? Are we going to see the first I love you? Or are we going to see like a fake I love you? Because remember, he knows the camera's there. Like, listen, you're not going to tell me Craig's like, it'll look good on camera if Paige sees me and goes, I almost told her I loved her, but I didn't. Oh, I didn't realize the cameras were here. Hi. Oh, did you get that little? And then we back to Shep and Taylor. He goes, Taylor, um, Taylor goes, what are you guys doing tonight? He goes, we're going to Queen Park Social to bowl at seven and then there's like like seven no he goes there's like seven or eight bars close to the hotel so we're gonna have fun and she goes okay have fun and you know like he's a little tentative and he goes taylor what am i gonna do are you crazy that's another huge trigger like i've always been told you're not supposed to call women crazy in a talking head shep's like She's definitely skeptical of our time apart because of my past. We get that flashback to the reunion where he's like, Andy, I kissed a girl in a stairwell. But then he goes, I'm over it, you know? I'm over it to Taylor. And he goes, I need five minutes and tells the camera. Shep forgot the first rule of reality shows that your mic pack is still on so we can still hear you. So he goes into the room with the mic pad and he's like, I said it over and over again. I'm not going to stop going to places and doing things. And then we kind of vaguely hear Taylor go, I get anxiety. I'll never be that woman who's left because of a wandering eye. And then he goes, oh my God, how many drinks did you have? And she's like, none. And he's like, that's absurd. Scene. That's another bad thing. You don't like immediately tell somebody they're drunk halfway through when they're cleaning your apartment and you told them to get forks and you're like, you're lit. You're loaded. It's like, it's, it's very defensive. Even if you, you know, like I know he meant to say, and I don't want to make excuses for him, but he's like, come on. But instead he goes, how many, how wasted are you? And he goes, I'm not going to sit here and defend myself for the rest of my life because that's a surefire way for things to end with me at least. And He's like, Taylor, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And we get a shot of just a hallway, just a hotel hallway. Very sad. Very. And I'm like, oh, man, they're they're definitely not. And this is when I was like, oh, man, they're definitely not together going to be like, it's like, this has been brewing. We all, we all saw this coming. I think at the end of the day, I was kind of hoping Shep was like acting and then we're going to see like an engagement at the end of the season. I mean, you know, so we cut to Craig uh, is at a bar. He's talking to the bartender because he's Craig. He's like, uh, uh, you got, do you like pillows? He's like, I'm meeting some buddies down here. Can I look at the cocktail me- menu? And he's like, one Alice in Wonderland, please. And then he's like, our buddy sold his home here for a goodbye tour. And the, the guy, the bartender's like, I don't give a fuck. And Shep comes in. He's like, obviously, Craig's holding court. And, he, and Craig's like, taste this, Shep. It's called Alice in Wonderland. And Shep goes, oh, obviously, yeah. The guy, of course, loves Disney. And then Craig goes, that movie freaked me out. And Shep's like, I loved it. It's about people on mushrooms. And they all laugh. And he goes, uh, where you been? And Shep's like, on mushrooms, tripping my balls off. Shep, please do mushrooms with me, bro. Please. And he goes, no, I just been relaxing. I talked to Taylor. 
And then he goes, sir, I know what I'd like, the maddening crowd. And by the way, that's the first time uh, you're going to hear. No, he goes, I know what I want, sir, the maddening crowd. And I was like, that's the first time you're ever going to hear Shep say that. I know what I want. (laughs) It's a drink. I know what I want. Not a full relationship, but a drink. And uh, he says, uh, you know, Craig takes him in. And I guess his legs like, you know, fidgeting a lot. He's like, your legs going a little more than usual. Are you everything okay on the home front? And this is where you can tell they have a real relationship because you do notice shit like that about your buddies of like, wow, your legs going a little crazy down there. He's like, yeah, you know, you know, she said, you know, you be good. And, you know, was she joking? And he's like, I just, I can sense Taylor's angst. And Craig's like, there's always going to be the case with scars of infidelity in relationships. And I'm like, damn, sometimes Craig just nails it. And Shep just stares ahead. In a talking ad, he goes, Taylor's anxious when you leave town because you cheat on her, Shep, when you leave town. And is she just supposed to be okay with that? It's like, damn, this is got to be hard to hear. But you got to hear it from your friends. And uh, Shep's like, if there's going to be a problem every time, then there's going to be a problem. (laughs) I'm not going to be with her dumb butt. And Craig says, if I was her, I would need a step from you to regain your trust. And he's like, that was a year and a half ago. And uh, he's like, if I haven't already, I never will. You know, only time will tell. And uh, Austin walks in. He's like, and they're like the beer baron himself. And Austin says, I love this. You guys spending quality bro time together. And then he goes, drinks are on me because I just told us I just sold a ton of beer. And then he's like, "Uh, but well drinks, not premium. Okay, no. He goes, "Um, yeah. Yeah, it went really great. Um, And having a beer in this market is top. It's like one of the top states. And then he lets us know a big business. I was like writing this down like in business. He goes, you prove yourself in the bigger markets and then you get to move on. And I was like, that's how it works. Whoa. Um, And then he's like, let's do a shot to celebrate. And then Craig orders three lemon drops or no Shep does. He goes like some vanilla and then Craig goes, Shep, you want to talk about your thing with Taylor now or later when you're drunk? And, and you know, Austin's like, what thing? And, oh, I just had a combo with Taylor. And then they do the lemon drop to Austin. Thank you, gentlemen. It's just boys being boys. Let's do hand jobs in a corner. We cut to ladies going out. It's Catherine and two of her friends, Amy and Christy. And this scene is just weird. It's just they're basically all getting hammered, like kind of hammered. Like Catherine orders a tequila shot with a pineapple back, a bourbon Coke, and a bottle of rosé. Madison walks in. So this scene, we only get a couple pieces of interesting information at all, but basically that they're just girls out on the town. And uh, that's when I was like, where's Chubbs been this entire episode? Like we're just not going to, Chubbs is just gone, but then we saw see him in a preview for next week. Madison says, we have three beautiful he- he- women here to the waitress. Bring us some men. And Catherine goes, bring us some big spendas. I hate when people go, spend us and um they're like what's your type and Catherine's like historically speaking i don't have a type but just somebody who's loyal kind eyes fit enough and looks like they care about their health and i'm like i'm out madison says and someone who can pick me up and Catherine's like like i've never had that before i want tall dark and handsome and then she uses hayden christensen mr darth vader himself as a like hayden christensen like what is going on man i feel like i do not know how to read people anymore hayden christensen um so uh so madison lets us know that um 
that she told Austin about getting engaged and that Austin told Madison, you're picking the wrong guy. And Madison goes, oh, God, only you would say that. I mean, what do you have to offer me besides some ramen in a trap house? No, that's a great line. It's so great that I almost think she didn't read it. Ramen in a trap house? Damn, with a mattress in your kitchen? Boom. We find out, though, Madison's beau lives in Sacramento. He's bi-coastal. He's Mormon. And they're not moving in together until they're married. And she's like, when he told me he was Mormon, I was like, do I have to wear those Mormon special undergarments? I don't even wear panties. And he also said, before we get married, no sex. And he said that he's taken her vibrator. And and girls are like, sex is self-care. And she's like, yeah, that's how I get through the weeks off. Which, dude, come on, man. Even the vibrator, like, what is, does the Bible say anything about, like, toys? Like, was electricity even invented in that era, in that time frame? Do you know what I'm saying? Um is that that's not cool like i, I mean i i get like the sex thing potentially if that and i'm not like if that's your thing and Chris, you know all good but like then to tell somebody they can't even have a vibrator like i need to know more what a theologians say about this because i feel like the vibrator like let it like are you that like domineering like or is that like and it just doesn't you know what i'm saying like is she allowed to like touch herself without a vibrator or is like anywho that's probably not this is a family show, folks. We are now at the Queens Park Social Bowling Alleys. Just boys doing shot, 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 shots. We meet Whitley, Shep's friend. He's there. All the guys order a shot and a beer. I'll tell you, when I do hang out with guy friends, you always got to do a shot and a beer. Because then they're like, that's a man, dude. And then, dude, if you guys are listening, Shep, you guys ordered five Jaegers. I got to tell you, I still have a taste for Jaeger. I, and I always, and the older I get, the more disgusted looks I get from people when I order one. But I don't know. There's something about the cool Jaeger. And I even, I started doing Fernet Bronca a while. You guys know that. And it's way grosser. And, uh, but Jaeger is still, it calls to me like a sexy siren in the night. Craig then orders a double Red Bull vodka. And I'm like, dude, I've done that. But I do sugar-free uh, because... I care about my health. And they're like, lads, salute. By the way, Shep orders a 11 and a half in bowling shoe. And for his height, I felt like it should be more. I'm a 12 size foot and I'm much shorter than Shep. So I was kind of bummed to find out 11.5 shoe. And uh, Shep goes, I need to get out of a mood. And the waitress says, okay, food, let's do food. And he's like, well, I don't want to use my hands a lot because I'll be sticking my fingers in balls. And they're like, we have salads. He's like, I'm not that crazy. Are you out of my mind? Shep's bowling name is Billy Rose. And uh, they get all this food brought out. And he goes, hey, hey, let's send a pick to Taylor. And he sends like a pic of all the boys smiling. And uh, he's like, we don't stay mad. You know, I love her. I love her. And Craig goes, remember what Shep says. If we avoid the problem, it will go away. And Austin goes, he says that? And Austin's like, yeah, you said that the other day. You know, they both said that he said that. And he's like, yeah, you said if you don't acknowledge she's upset, it eventually will go away. And uh, he's like, Shep's like, huh. But it's kind of like he's that guy that just avoids and eventually... I would imagine that makes you feel kind of like eventually dumb because you're mad or like you get over it and then you're like, well, I guess he doesn't care and then I guess I should get, I don't know. Like it feels like that would really fuck with me. Um, and, but the guys point out it, 
where Craig does. It doesn't work, though, Shep. That's why you're getting yelled at right now. Craig in a talking head says, Shep is a one-man band. He's a solo performer. Even having a backup dancer on stage would drive him crazy if people were watching them and not him. He goes where he wants, when he wants. And to me, that potentially is the Shep Rose thesis statement. And right now, that's a sad statement because, you know, I guess people, some people like Taylor. I didn't really get a beat on her personality. Um, but it's sad when anybody breaks up, you know, like that, that is a bummer. Like it truly is. And Shep says, I just want to have fun. I just want to, I just want to dance. Like, dude, that's my, I just want to dance. I want to learn how to dance. And then I want to dance. Craig in a talking head says, Shep is not a relationship guy. He's not cut out for it. And we've seen that over these eight seasons, right? We've seen that. We've seen him run. Relationship was a dating show on Bravo one season that I can't believe actually existed now that you think about it. I watched that, and he was not uh, a relationship kind of guy. Um, also, I want to bring up one thing that I saw this. I saw this on Demois. I wanted to read this to you guys in um, on... So it says on her reveal moi, where they reveal things, it says everyone's reposting the media spin on this breakup and making the girl a saint and the man the biggest idiot. Well, this spin is exactly why the relationship ended. And it's not because he's noncommittal. Sure, that is true. The breakup is because someone finally wisened up to the good girl's actual agenda, which was to move to Charleston, bag a charmer and get famous. Proof is in the pudding since she's now an influencer and talking to media about her split and how she was the one to end it. Man is very happy to get the gold digger fame mentality out of his life. Like, listen, anybody can send in things to Dumas, and I don't know if that's like friends like trying to stick up for him or any of that, but I just, I don't think she is, I don't think she's a, um, I don't think she was a gold digger at all. Like, I don't know Taylor. I don't, like I said, I couldn't get a, in fact, I don't even know her last name. Oh, I think I found it. Taylor Ann Green. Is this her? I love that you just type in Taylor and Bravo people pop up. I don't follow Taylor. Um, and she has like 90,000 followers. And um, she posted last on July 4th. She's not posted any stories. To me, that's not an influencer or someone trying to get attention. And I just didn't get that vibe from her. So those reveal moi things, I just didn't get the sense of that, you know? Um, so, uh, Shep's like, Austin, look at this. Look at this. He's looking at his phone. He's, and then Austin's like, bro, Craig, she's sending him paragraphs. And the paragraphs are saying things like, just know I love you and I'm not against you. Please, I'm begging you, don't be defensive towards me. Um, I've got severe anxiety about how I've acted. And, you know, like, listen, dude, that makes a lot of sense. Just know I love you and I'm not against you. Please, I'm begging you, don't be defensive towards me. That's don't, That makes sense to me, right? Like, I want to be a bro, but that makes sense to me. Like, it does. It's like, you know, and he is being defensive. And like a year and a half is not that long of a time after you cheated on somebody. So when you are going out with just the dudes, you know, obviously you have to really bend over backwards a little bit more, you know? And Chef's like, right now, I'm like, don't sink us, Taylor. Don't be the architect of our own demise. 
You know what I mean? That's the worst. And it's just like, oh man, you're blaming Taylor for this. And it's like, if you guys could just understand together, I feel like this could be solved. But at the end of the day, it will never be solved because at the end of the day, Shep doesn't want to be a relation in a relationship. You know, I truly believe that now. Austin says, once you stray that the trust is broken, he says, it's in a talking head and it's an ongoing battle. And Taylor has proved that this will go on forever, which I think is, you know, proved this will go on forever. What has it been? A couple, you know. Madison, let me remind you about Austin. Remember when Madison had two girls in his room and he was at his little tidy whities and his boner? He kept trying to push his boner down. He's like, Madison, what are you doing here? Madison, these girls fell into my bed. Madison. Like, that's the way to give yourself a hemorrhoid, Austin, by the way. Shep goes, oh, I got to go get some cash. And they're like, where's Shep? And we see him in a bar talking to a girl. And he goes, hey, you ever wound up, woke up in jail? And the girl goes, yes. And he goes, me too. And he smiles like this beautiful smile. Shep is very charming. He's like, yeah. And that to me is the life that Shep wants to, to live. You know how exciting it is to meet somebody at a bar and have somebody say, you know, you're kind of crazy or you want to do, have an adventure tonight. That's in Shep's head. I'm telling you, it's like the beat poets and all, or he thinks of of himself in that kind of way and uh austin goes what did he tell you about taylor and craig goes not the truth and austin's like yeah but she's texting saying you're gonna cheat on me again tonight like she's super insecure and craig says what what's happening is that taylor only thinks it's a camp campfire but what shep's freaking out about uh, there, there are landmines and accelerant and gasoline so if you keep stoking this campfire it's gonna explode by the way, really, I really love – that's a very descriptive, the accelerant and gasoline. I also, it was so descriptive that I almost think Craig might be a pyromaniac. I was like, can, can we look into his area of town if they're just like burned down buildings? Like we've not caught the mast, you know, like there's always been pillows left behind at the scene of the crime. And uh, Austin's like, do you think it will explode? And Craig's like, you know shit. I know shit. Everyone knows shit except Taylor and Shep. We see do a shot with the girl and into the show next episode, Austin's doing, do you remember me mom jumping out of my childhood window? And then we see Catherine not inviting Vanita to her party. Shep eating oysters. Uh, Austin saying that, um, Catherine's dog has a big old dick. And then we see Chubbs and John Pringle back. Why couldn't Pringle and Chubbs be invited on this trip? And Chubbs is like, yeah, I guess I do feel like I've been gaslighted by Catherine. We see Madison come into the party and, and he's like, Oh no. Austin's like, Oh no. And Olivia's like, why do you care? No one. And then Austin's like, no one I'm interested in will ever be friends with her, which is just, and Olivia goes, wait, I'm waiting for the day for you to stop caring about her. Boom! Ba-ba-doo, ba-ba-dee-ee. Are we going to see Shep, like, are they going to break up on camera, or did this break up just, like, you will I, I beg you to go back now and listen to that interview. You just did, actually. But go back and listen again, because you can really, I don't know, I'm just so curious where his head's at uh, now and after this, and if we're going to see, obviously, we're going to see more issues building up this season so you guys, this is another, another Southern Charm recap. I love this show still so much and I love talking about it. So I hope you guys love listening to it and watching it on YouTube. I appreciate you guys and I'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for another uh, great episode, you guys. Thank you, baddies. Bye. Betches.